Albert Einstein invents beer, Bruce Willis is dead, and you have to see The Iron Giant this week on 30 Welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly chronological trip through three whole decades. 30, 20, and 10 years ago to a specific week of movies, TV, news, video games, and more. This week we'll be talking about August 2nd through the 8th in 1989, 1999, and 2009. I always like to say pull up a chair, open three little portals into the past, and you can see what you were doing, maybe what your parents are doing. I don't think we have anybody that young. Actually, all your parents yeah. were probably alive in 89. Yeah. I can confirm that. <laughs> I can confirm that. But if not, welcome. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Gunman, and I am not a gun. Mm. It's me, Sarah, your depressive ogre nightmare girl. <laughs> <laughs> We've been struggling a little bit behind the scenes because this week in particular, 1999 should get an award for like trying to break us. Yes. Uh, that's that's an insane amount of like near classic slash masterpiece amount of horseshit to have to go through in a single week. <laughs> there's so it's much. Not. It's not just there's a lot of movies, but like they're all so damn notable. Right. Usually there's like two or three we can just sort of blow past, and it's like we can't blow past this. That's, we have to talk about it. That is an excellent point because even the stuff that is bad this week is way notable for me and for some reason I've seen a bunch yeah. of times and can either defend or further dogpile on it but but from an area of expertise in the, uh, <laughs> just saying hope you didn't have to watch Dick uh, I watched Dick <laughs> I know Sarah was worried about it. I haven't seen Dick yet like Dick sucks I mean I saw I Dick. Like Dick I saw Dick a long time ago I wanted to refresh on Dick <laughs> this was not on purpose, but I got a lot of great sound bites in here. Man, I wish we were a radio station. All these explosions and laser noises. Sure. Suck, dick sucks. I've got to refresh my dick. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Uh, pew, pew, pew. Coming up next. Uh, but we don't have any of that. We're pretty lo-fi here, but you will hear some clips of some of your favorite movies and TV shows, um, including some stuff. I, I was surprised of the things that I thought were milk toast and I don't care about anymore. Mm. That's what I thought was strange. Mm. And we'll find that in our first segment, which is always where we cover 1989. Once again, August 2nd through the, the 8th uh, of 1989, 1999 and 2009, we start with 1989, uh, including, man, I don't remember if you wrote this down or I did. I'm guessing it was you. The World. I think it was me. Yeah. In, in the news, The World. The World. Does anybody remember The World? Because I fucking don't. Nope. I, I was introduced to the web through Prodigy. But uh, yep. the world, the first commercial internet service provider, is founded. It'll launch in November. What the fuck is the world? That is so confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's so weird is we we have the internet, but we don't have the web yet. That is coming shortly. Hmm. I find that to be but confusing. The, <laughs> it's, that makes it kind of confusing. Basically, you have to know what computer you want to talk to on yeah. your computer. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's yeah. informational sites out there. I remember we were talking about that on a recent Laser Time episode about robots and AI, I think, where and nobody knew what I was talking about. But I remember even in middle school, that was when I first started using the Internet for research. So there was research-based mm -hmm. stuff. There was like online encyclopedias, yeah. but nothing like... No web page about X Files fan sites or uh, no, no, how no, the Earth no. is flat. The, uh, the internet at this point it is military, government, 
and educational. Yes. And, and, and by I, educational colleges, we're not talking about elementary school yet, is colleges. But the idea that a commercial internet service provider means someone at home or in a business that needs to refer to these things mm -hmm. could pay to actually access this university library but not have to go down there you could do it from your office that's that, that's what i said because I, I brought we brought it up in context of professors when i first started high school and college saying we have ways of knowing whether you plagiarize something right and mm -hmm. i'm like how and on earth is that even possible and i'm like it's this <laughs> rudimentary form of the internet where they can see on sites like jstor which i feel really old mm -hmm. just bringing up the lexus nexus <laughs> Whether I plagiarized mm -hmm. a sentence, whether a sentence was really written by me or not, yeah, you could figure that out even back in the uh, early, like the mid '90s. Right. But they, here it is: the first commercial internet service provider is on the way. I don't know yeah. a single person who has paid for this, so I'm I'd be really curious in the comments if anybody was around when the world <laughs> that was yeah. an odd sentence. Yeah, I will say they have they do have a website still. No, um, it is an early website. They have not changed it. <laughs> It, it just looking at uh, at the world's website. If you look up like the world ISP, you'll get their their web portal, which is just oh, it takes me back. It's very 1994. Wow, adorable TV, movies, wrestling. That's what I remember AOL looking like. Yeah, pick your keyword. We'll still try and send, try our best to send you to the right website. Uh, but yeah, they weren't acquired. I just assumed they'd be, they would be acquired by a thousand other of companies. Yeah. but they just yeah. they were always the Probably. world. The world they got gobbled up at some point. Either well, everyone either got gobbled up or went bankrupt. That's true. There's, yeah. there's no other things that have happened like in all media ever. So there's those are your only options. Wow. Yeah. Depressing. But uh, welcome, welcome to the world. I'm not tired of these sentences yet. Uh, <laughs> 1989, August 2nd through the 8th. In terms of movies, yeah, bunch of movies I have actually seen, with the exception of Donald Sutherland, Sylvester Stallone, John Amos in the Lockup. He was six months away from a normal life. You plan on getting married when you get out of here? Oh, yeah, that's the plan. Until a warden obsessed with revenge. Gateway, six months could be a lifetime. Took his future away. I want to know about Frank Leone. The odds of surviving? A million to one. Stallone. Lock up. Rated R. This isn't even Stallone's most famous prison movie at this point. Jesus. Nope. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's like every time I look at IMDb trivia, I want to reach through a computer and punch somebody because it's like, <laughs> fun fact, he also made a different prison movie called Escape Plan. We it's know. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's not, not really that's trivia. Not tri yeah. I guess that's kind of trivia in that it's trivial and I don't need to know that. Sure. Yeah, that's just a fact. There's nothing fun about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've heard nothing fun about the third um, Escape Plan with Dave Bautista. Uh, no Schwarzenegger okay. this time. I'm guessing he died in one of them because Schwarzenegger yeah. would probably do it at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. lockup. No, I mean, <laughs> the trailer tells you everything. Yeah. You know, Don Donald Sutherland is, is uh, mean and corrupt and Sylvester Stallone's about to get out. I mean, it's kind of the first five minutes of Con Air. <laughs> I will say, but uh, but uh, an interesting look at Donald Sutherland. Like It, it immediately yeah. hit me as like, that's not young Donald Sutherland from the 70s movies I'm used to and it's also not the old Donald Sutherland I'm used to it's it's silver foxy yeah uh Donald Sutherland which scary I, I looking. yeah yes a little scary looking yeah. but but super thin uh like good looking good Stallone's on you looking good too he really is yeah and given a decent performance lock up but that's <laughs> but that is hardly this this to me is the might be it is not, but one of the most exciting movies of the entire show because I uh oof. yeah this is a movie that 
people have been reaching out to me <laughs> practically since we started this show as we're going <laughs> through this 80s trash and saying, what about this movie? I can't wait to hear what Diana has to say about this movie. <laughs> and I watched this movie for you. <laughs> I, for I, you! I watched it. I bought it on Amazon for like $20 years ago. Wow. Well, it just, because it was pretty ubiquitous for my childhood. I don't, again, I don't know why I should have asked him. My dad, we saw this in the theater twice. So I, 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 was, I don't know who the movie's defender was, but I have to think NPR. Like mm-hmm. someone at NPR liked this movie enough that well, my dad it, got behind it. It's a foreign it. film. Maybe your dad wanted to see it because it's technically a foreign film. We were dragging it out too much, but oh. shall I say, I mean, the man's name is so wonderful. It is his legal name, and it became a punchline for 10 years at least. Mm-hmm. The magnum opus of writer, director, star, Yahoo Serious. <laughs> wow. Young Einstein, Young baby. Einstein. Now, Australia's colossal comedy hit, starring its newest comedy hero, comes to the States. Yahoo Serious is Young Einstein. Albert. Albert Einstein. He is destined to create the most powerful scientific theories in history. I discovered the formula for splitting beer atoms. Only one girl is brilliant enough to understand him. My name is Marie. Marie Curie. Only one man is low enough to steal from him. Albert discovers that there are even worse things in the big city than a cat pie. For example... An atomic bomb. All right, Jesus Christ. This movie is... I don't know, but it's like... What is this? I think it's technically a bad movie, but it has... Elements yes. of being supremely well shot and staged. Yes, you did show me yeah. the traveling part. Yeah, of the it. Great Southern Land portion yeah. of like just walking yeah. across every environment in Australia is beautiful because I think this movie started out as a hyper independent Australian movie. They got some foreign yeah. money by that. I mean, from the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny just because like the Wikipedia is like its budget went from. <laughs> Point two million dollars to two point two million dollars. They just got two million extra dollars and do enhance certain things. And when the movie's in the outback, I love it. Mm-hmm. When it gets yeah. to the city, I hate it. It's yep. it's terrible, terrible, like really old timey comedy. But mm-hmm. before that, it's like it's gorgeous. It's shot in an environment. I don't know. There's been much written about the 1980s fascination with Australia that uh-huh. we had. Hey, right. look, there's this whole colony of white people we're not familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> Let's... And they talk funny. Yeah. And they speak they our language, but weirder. And yeah. they do things. They're sort of like cowboys from California. Yeah. yeah. But all their animals can kill you except for the cute ones. Actually, some of the cute ones can kill you, too. Mm-hmm. Never mind. This movie has a Tasmanian devil in it. Mm-hmm. It makes it seem okay, like it, it's so real. What you were talking about. Uh, where he starts in the outback. So this movie is the story of Albert Einstein, the Tasmanian, <laughs> who uh, the Tasmanian physicist who uh, figures out how to split beer atoms, thereby giving beer bubbles and also a bunch of other dumb formulas. And invents and, rock and roll. And invent rock and roll <laughs> and a bunch of other dumb things for children. It's, anyway, it, it's surreal. If I first... describe well, describing the movie to you, you wouldn't believe it existed, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. it does, and that's why it's fascinating to watch. Yeah, but the first like. 
15 to 20 where it's just like him on his dinky little farm with his parents mm -hmm. and he's like deciding i don't know what i want to be i'm not really good at farming maybe i'll be a physicist <laughs> um and and they have yeah gags where like <laughs> tasmanian devil comes and is trying to like steal their crops and it's like a guy in a like warner brothers style costume mm -hmm. it looks like the cartoon taz running around yes mm -hmm. it looks great okay that got a laugh out of me um his mom is like knitting by the fire and she's just got a sheep next to her and she's just she's pulling the yarn basically off the sheep that got a solid laugh out of me and i'm like hey maybe this isn't so bad it's for kids but maybe it's not so bad and then yeah he decides i'm leaving tasmania and i'm going to become a physicist in australia and then there's a lovely travel sequence and then he gets to the city and it just gets really dumb yep. very dumb <laughs> even more dumb <laughs> <laughs> it's i think it then it turns into a real formulaic bad 80s comedy and i have a weird feeling right. that's where a lot of the money went because mm. it, it, it's staged it, it looks pretty everyone is the costuming is great yeah it looks some of the yeah. scenery is really good, good. Yeah. And, and and one of the i, I do kind of like movies with a primarily old cast and there's a the, I remember being in this movie with my dad and like, this is a shocking amount of male nudity. That's for a PG movie. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, well, yes. that's, that's a yes. weird thing. Okay, so he gets to the city and then he starts having adventures, which are basically just music videos. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So like nothing's, kind of nothing's happening. And then the, the bad guy uh, gets him arrested and put in a sanitarium. And then it gets kind of disturbing. Yep. And also there's a ton of male nudity. <laughs> wow. Weird. It's, like, it's awesome because we're living... crazy people that are often quite off-putting we're living in a in a world where that's not uh sexual that's that male nudity can't be sexualized of I course mean, this can be a child's right. movie yeah. no but, they're all taking baths and it's funny because butts are funny butts are funny i butts swear i remember funny. seeing pp but I, I i don't think in modern viewings i'd seen you i saw pp there's, there's a little, little uh, yeah it, yeah it was I, I don't think i'd seen that on screen before in my life so like that's yeah, a, you another first see it that much Definitely yeah. not. And then I just, in, I mean, so much of it, like, I feel stupid to complain that young Einstein doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> from a scientific point of view. Uh -huh. But it, like, affected the plot for me because this whole thing is like, oh, if you split beer atoms, then you get bubbles, but also you get a massive explosion. And then someone steals his formula for this, which, of course, is E equals MC squared, which has nothing to do with any of that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, builds a big brewery out of it, which is basically a nuclear bomb. But it's like, so. But you still got the bubbles. So how do you do that without killing everybody? <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. Also, like his love interest is Marie Curie. Where's Pierre Curie this whole time? That's right. not her actual name, you know. That's her married name. Um, I'm gonna pretend I know. Just what you're thought I'd point that. Out. Also, also, she was she was Polish, not French. So shut up. Yeah, and and why is she there <laughs> in Australia? Uh... And is it is this even? I guess it, yeah, okay. I was going to say, Look, are if, they even in the right time period? If Tarantino can rewrite history all he wants, why can't Yahoo serious? He's I mean, ahead of the game. That's fair. Head of the okay. game. And, and, and I, yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I think this, there's probably like a milestone for this in terms of Australian cinema. Maybe it's mm -hmm. not the best, yes. but like it is an original Aussie product and that, that there's something interesting about that because there are a lot of Australian movies I've, I've seen since that I, maybe I wouldn't have seen if Young Einstein hadn't. Mm -hmm. Jackie Robinson that business over to America. <laughs> Other than Crocodile I mean, Dundee. I, so I, like I Crocodile I, Dundee is Crocodile bigger... Dundee. But I'd rather watch uh, this than Crocodile Max Dundee any that, fucking but... day. Oh. For real. Uh, yeah, but it's it's different. It's mm -hmm. its own thing. I gotta mm -hmm. give it that. Um, I don't know why anyone would want to watch it now, except for Bizarre, bizarre Nostalgia if from when they were like six and they thought it was the funniest movie they ever saw. Well, but... It, 
Yeah. And looking yeah. to Yahoo Serious and being like, you know, I got kind of respect for this guy. Like, it really he... is like a, a handmade, self-made movie. He's only made a couple other ones. And he's like on like the board of the directors of like the Kokoda Track Foundation, which is like <laughs> a big thing in Australia. <laughs> what the fuck? So he's like helping revitalize Papua New Guinea. Okay. Yeah, you do that, Yahoo Serious. I think I think pe- most people expect the trajectory is for Yahoo Serious to be a piece of shit, but he's apparently it's like a pretty nice guy. And, well, that's relieving yeah. at least. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. And I, yeah, I think Diane is right in that recommendation. Like, if you do have vague memories of it, it is really fun to track down and mm-hmm. and look at. Yeah. But it is technically and, unbelievably bad. <laughs> yeah, I said I have to. Like, I was so surprised that I got one laugh at all out of it. And it wasn't. Was, it wasn't on DVD forever, so it was one of those things no. that I had. I had difficulty discovering, mm-hmm. and you yeah, can see I had, it. I had to go through not legal means to watch it. And to, to see it in HD, it, well, I got it off Amazon, so to see it in HD yeah. is like is really pretty, especially the great Southern Land sequence I tried to show you on my iPhone. It's that's it's mm-hmm. really pretty watching him comedically go through all the locales of right. Australia and New Zealand. It's neat, yeah. um, and, and that that had to be even neater thirty years ago when we didn't have as much access to nature shows and whatnot it is it is a strange environment and it's well, what... just things like oh they have snow in australia mm-hmm. yeah exactly yes they do yeah. wait you said that he got a bunch of money from the australian government to make from it? i think the australian government and america okay. and and like an american yeah. film distributor that's like what happened with australia as well the baz mm-hmm. Luhrmann movie i guess australia is just like really into that well, into making movies about itself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't come here to film your American shit. Make stuff about us. Yes. And which yeah. again, their their high point is the movie Chopper. That's the best movie about Australia <laughs> ever. <laughs> See, I, maybe Mad Max. I have wanted for so many years for someone to make, and I have to check and make sure there aren't already Australian movies about this. Mm-hmm. But there are so many stories from like the late 18th century in Australia. Where once they start importing convicts and they start like settling the land and it's like it's roughly the size of North America. It's kind of the shape of America. So this is America Junior. We're going to do this again. It's just going to be like America again. And they start like we're going to go explore the interior. We're definitely going to hit some sort of Mississippi River at some point. So let's bring boats (laughs) with us. And they drag fucking boats and furniture through like the Great Sandy Desert and everybody dies in like 10 miles. Wow, like Fitzcarraldo style, just dragging boats across the land. They thought there have to be great inland rivers or like Great Lakes or something. I mean, look at the size of this continent. There's no way that it's just dry in the middle. Yeah, I think it's still one of the deadliest places on earth, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always make sure your gas tank is full when driving through Australia. (laughs) But Yeah, don't drive through Australia. (laughs) This is a fascinating curiosity. It really is. So, like, I I don't want to – it was a punchline my entire life. And I remember being a little kid like, but I liked it. And it's it's fine for a kid to like. But I'm not I'm not going to champion it that much now. But it is fucking surreal and weird. Mm -hmm. And a product of a foreign country, even though it's – all white people I read a lot. Kept reading a lot about like there's so much blackface in it, and like mm. at some point I, I don't want to have this discussion. But what is? I know that the Looney Tunes used explosions to make blackface gags, but if your f- whole body is black from an explosion, I don't know that that's blackface. Yeah, no, there was one that that he it's it's a gollywog joke. Is it? Where he's he's all black from an explosion, and then he kisses uh, Marie Curie, and so now he has a big red mouth too. Oh no! Ooh, yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't see oh, that. I didn't. Right. I didn't rewatch because I like if you've been listening to bonus time, Patreon.com slash Laser Time. I about a year ago, I talked about falling in love with this movie again. Not not because it was great, just because it's so fucking weird. It is so, it is insane. <laughs> 
but again, we're approaching this weird area of insane, insane American comedies that I can't wait to talk about more. And this sort of paves the way. Young Einstein, probably don't see it. But, but yeah. uh, okay, so it, it, by comparison, mm-hmm. the movie that's number one at the box office, and I'd seen, I'm like, that's a good movie. I wouldn't watch this if you paid me. Oh, no. Uh, like, yeah. this this movie is mm-hmm. dull and uninteresting and ruled the box office and was in it syndication is. forever and, and underutilizes one of the most talented casts ever and something pretty fucking boring. Like, yeah. sort of like sort of like a Hallmark Channel's Terms of Endearment. Um, <laughs> Except for no one dies. Yeah, no, like, nothing yeah. super serious really happens. No. But it's just this mopey fucking suburb comedy starring Steve, like mm. with an underutilized Steve Martin but yeah. he, I think he helped catapult this to number one because he's like the biggest yeah. com- one of the biggest mm. comedy stars that exists right now but it's the least Steve Martin Steve Martin movie even though he gives a shout out to the video game Bad Dudes it's the only <laughs> Bad Dudes joke in the history of entertainment and it's in this in this film uh, but Diane Weiss Mary Steenburgen Jason Robards Keanu Reeves Martha Plimpton Rick Moranis Tom Hulse and Steve Martin in Parenthood from Ron Howard is it? yep yeah there's still one last frontier where an ordinary man can be a hero. Howdy, Pod. From generation to generation. And I It's the greatest adventure of them all. What do we say when we see a cute eight-year-old girl walk by? Steve Martin in a Ron Howard film. You feel like you want to throw up? Okay. Parenthood. Rated PG-13. Uh. Did, wow, like did, the, did Call so, Me Al pull out of that music store at the last minute? That was yeah. awful. <laughs> I, uh, I've seen this movie a lot Me because too. of syndic- syndication. Mm-hmm. And I saw mm-hmm. it a lot as a kid. And now it strikes me as so Unremarkable. baby boomers mm-hmm. up their own ass about yeah. parenting. Ooh, okay. And like the stress of parenting and having a gifted child. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> oh, and everything no. has to be perfect. And Anytime anyone has anything to say about participation trophies, look at this fucking movie. You guys made this. <laughs> you made this culture, not us. You made this unremarkable. No one's, yeah, no one's ever had, you know, interesting thoughts about how it's difficult to be a parent before. Well, good job, guys. And mm. I mean, my entire life, I have known that I've not wanted to have children. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I luckily fell in love and married a man who has a perfect child. So I, I got have... bad news for you. A listener just sent something in. I'm going to bring it up from under the table. No. Oh, okay, keep going. <laughs> I do love So <laughs> ask me if I have any kids. I just say, not that I know of. <laughs> so fun. Um, but, but, you know, I've got my stepson and he's wonderful. But generally, I know that I never wanted to have my own children. Mm-hmm. And... I have theories about why that is. Some serious, not so not, some not so serious. But I think watching this movie at a young age probably had something to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> it just shows parenthood is just like endlessly stressful and dull and very lame. Yeah, sometimes I babysit <laughs> and like uh, watch friends' kids and like. Man, movies made this seem like the worst thing in the world. I know I don't have them 24-7, and it is exhausting, but if you still have like a young spirit or want to watch something cool, mm-hmm. kids are down. And, and I'm sure, I don't know, like this this making it seem like the hardest thing in the fucking world. Like every generation before you well, did this with fewer tools. Yes and no. I mean, it. I think it's harder in a lot of ways because the expectations are very different sure. than they were sure. many mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even though there are more tools at everyone's disposal, and especially for women, I think it's particularly hard because now, you know, careers and 
there's just a lot more expectations mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for better or for worse. But yeah, I mean, a lot of parenting is very dull, mm-hmm. very dull. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of one of the worst things about it. <laughs> <laughs> dull and exhausting at the same time. Yeah. Ugh. We can't go out to eat tonight because we just have to watch the sleeping thing. What yeah. if it wakes up? Yeah. <laughs> well, then it's going to be and, not good. And it's like just the way our world works now. I don't even think... I'm pretty sure there's like a seven-season series based on this movie that's been running... Oh, yeah. Like, I watched we, a lot we, of it, actually. I've yeah. never seen a fucking frame of. I that, did But watch Dak a lot Shepard might be involved. He but. is. And Craig T. Nelson. And, and what's his Bonnie name Bedelia. Six Feet Under. Is he in it? Yeah. Peter Krause. Peter Krause. A lot of good people are in it. Um, and I actually watched a lot of that because, I don't know, it was like a evening soap. So It seems like it actually right is alley. more fertile right. ground for a continuing comedy drama. Because the movie sort of backs up into like shit like teen pregnancy, but right. doesn't really have the balls to go forth with it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there's like a whole storyline with Diane Vise like mm-hmm. finding her daughter's naked Polaroids or something <laughs> with Keanu Reeves. And I remember as a child being like, what could be on those pictures? What could that possibly be? <laughs> like I can't even, I couldn't even like conceive of what that would look like. <laughs> I, there is something about the ever squinting Diane Weist that makes me miss this prototypical frightened mother yeah. that we just never see anymore. Yeah. She's, she's too old to play that part anymore. Uh, I don't know. It, it, yeah. There isn't the, the, the com. I would seriously rather people watch Young Einstein than Parenthood. You will be <laughs> I more entertained too. Because at least it's something different. I feel like mm-hmm. Parenthood. You've been there. You've you've seen this at some point or another. It's got some cute comedy bits and it's got drama and it's got heart and it's about family. And uh, you've you've been here before, man. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think if I had to make one last diagnosis, this is the thing they don't make movies about anymore. They may may make TV shows mm-hmm. about this yeah. kind of like. Suburb, suburban minutia, but right. this would never make it to a movie theater. And it's weird too because I very much love Father, Father of the Bride and Father mm-hmm. of the Bride Part 2. And mm-hmm. what sets that apart from this? And honestly, not much. I was going to say <laughs> Martin Short. That's the, that That's it. is it. Martin Short and Beatty Wang. Yeah, Beatty Wong. Wong. But <laughs> Beatty Wong. Sorry. Beatty Wang. I got dick on the brain. <laughs> dick on the brain. We'll get there. <laughs> it's a medical condition. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But that, that that but that's actually like a much more farcical comedy. It is. This is pr- this is like fucking. This is like mainstream mumblecore. I just keep flashing mm. back to the scene where their kid loses his retainer in the Chuck E. Cheese trash, and Mary Steenburgen and Steve Martin have to be going through the trash behind the Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Ugh, drudgery. Yeah, it sucks. Even though I have to do it every yeah. time my dad finds my cigarettes, and I'm almost forty. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that, cat? Yeah. <laughs> she just ran out of the closet with a little meow. Like, yeah, sorry. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. <sighs> oh, parent- Guilty as something. Parenthood. That's that seems like enough of that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the TV shows don't get any less boomery. Uh, but <laughs> it's true. Primetime Live with host Sam Donaldson and Diane Sawyer. Mm-hmm. I don't have any memories of this at all. Yeah. Um, and magazine it's more of a magazine news type thing. Sure. Right. It's, it's, it's another network stab at 60 minutes mm-hmm. and which yes. I, I don't know, 48 hours, 2020, I've seen them all. And I couldn't tell you the difference between any of them. Not for me. 
uh, and Highway to Heaven, the finale. Oh, <laughs> uh, you see, no, this is we're we're older than boomers here. This this is the old people television that lets people know that it's going to be okay because you're going to die soon. So don't worry. I I know my mom had a big thing for Michael Landon, oh. and I I remember I mm. for some reason I went down a huge rabbit hole with that guy. Like he died. I think he knew he was dying, and that's sort of why the show mm-hmm. went off the air. Oh, okay. Because uh, he he won't be alive much longer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, good dude. Yeah. Every I I don't remember little house in the prairie very well but like that was so absolutely successful like successful beyond any of your imagination mm-hmm. like seinfeld successful yeah. mm-hmm. little house in the prairie was and our generation doesn't any memories of it that he got this i don't know what do you, i don't want i didn't want to call it smarmy but like just a saccharine a schmaltzy, schmaltzy. a schmaltzy like uh i don't know wistful he, he like drives around heartstring show the country right like he's an angel mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and he has to yeah. like help people mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. And the, but I like the title of the finale. <laughs> it's called "Merry Christmas from Grandpa." What the hell? Oh boy! But apparently, the plot of this episode is he shows three people what their lives would be like if they didn't exist. Hmm. So sounds like an original sounds concept. Really familiar. Mm-hmm. I can't put my finger <laughs> on it though. Uh, but it went for five seasons. It did. Highway yeah. to Heaven, and uh, I don't know. It was, now it was, playing on the Pax Channel. Probably. For fucking mm-hmm. like Ion mm-hmm. or Me TV yeah. on Sundays only when yeah. my grandma could see it if she was still alive. Right. Right right next to Touched by an Angel. Oh man. Um, yes. Whew, that's a different kind of required viewing that our generation won't will not understand. <laughs> like when your 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 fucking church pamphlet says you should watch this show. There's biblical oh, values I on watched television. All of Touched by an Angel. Really? Yes. And oh. the other one that came on after it with Gerald McCraney, where they're driving uh, around in a uh, RV. Revenge of an Angel? No. Oh, <laughs> I cannot remember the name of that one, but I'm sure we'll talk about and it. And that, that is that is about it for the culture of August 2nd through the 8th of yeah. 1989. Like there's no games out, um not a lot of TV. It's it, we have like five five notable things. It's just crazy that like five notable things happen here mm-hmm. and like Netflix yeah. releases five notable things every week at this point, so I can't keep up with shit. Uh but we do have a little bit of music um, new releases from Testament, Practice What You Preach, and Cinderella Theory by George Clinton. And Yay. oh my God, Bat Dance is number one. And I'm excited to tell people you can watch this video again. This Prince yep. very successfully got all his shit off the internet for a long time. Mm. And uh, it, this has its own Vivo page. But Prince was built, he was, he was made in a factory by scientists to wear the Joker's outfit. Mm-hmm. And thankfully he does in this video. So if oh, you haven't nice. seen it, it was like really hard to see for a long time. Mm-hmm. Bat Dance. I've a, never seen it. A truly ridiculous uh, song. You can find yeah. out. I've never understood why this was the one that made it to num- number one. This is like my least favorite song mm-hmm. from the Batman soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's got that kick-ass yeah. sample. It, like, yeah, what, it does sort have of. a fun sample. It's like the only, yeah, ref- the only big reference the- to the Adam West show is in this song. Yeah. Like, every, every, like Tim Burton was pretty pretty eager to strip all the references to old Batman out, but mm. Prince got one in there. Neat. Good for you. Good for you, Purple King. Um, but but we'll close out with that. Um, and when we come back, we got to talk about a lot of 1999 oh, greatness. So much. Keep busting. 
It is summer, so what better time to make health and wellness a priority again? Are you looking for a way to maintain stress, sleep better, or have more energy? Well, Care-of may have what you need, and 302010 listeners can get 25% off their first Care-of order by going to TakeCareOf.com and entering code T3 at checkout. Care-of knows that vitamins, supplements, proteins are a great and simple way towards a healthier lifestyle. The trouble is with that, it's hard to know what you need to take, but that's why Care-of specializes in personalizing your experience and making it as easy as possible to find out specifically what you need to make you the healthiest. And Care-of also wants to make sure that what you're putting in your body comes from the best sources backed by honest guidance and transparency, and all of that is available on their website. Oh, and Care-of's website. All of this can seem wildly intimidating when you walk into like a vitamin store, but that's where Care-of's online experience makes everything super easy. First of all, they make finding what you need very simple and fun with an online quiz that takes about five minutes. It asks you about your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices, and boom, you got your personal, scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. So if you got a little time this summer, why not try Care Of? And if you want to try Care Of, you should try it for 25% off. And 302010 listeners can do just that by going to TakeCareOf.com and entering code T3 at checkout. Once again, for 25% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter T3 at checkout. With a genie in a bottle by Christina Aguilera. Is this our Aguilera debut? It is. This is. I thought the, they were. The album comes out in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... While this is at number one, this is our debut, Christina Aguilera. I thought we were much closer. She was much closer to Britney, but I guess just a few months off. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's only been a couple it's months. Pretty close. And yeah, is she she a Mickey Mouse Club alum? I can't remember. Yeah. Yes. But she can actually sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And I'm guessing I'm gonna I'm gonna say this without research whatsoever. She's probably hosting a show that Judge is singing right now. Oh, she is. Am I correct? Yes. No uh, idea. Yeah. She's still hosting The Voice, or I think else? they cycle them out. But there was yeah, right. there was a time. Mm. I've never seen an episode of it, but I see the promos on Hulu all the time. <laughs> God damn, you gotta get that. Look, Patreon.com/slash/LazerTime. Your hosts need commercial-free Hulu. <laughs> That's that would really help us out and save us time, make more show for you. Uh, but welcome to 1999, August 2nd through the 8th. Genie in a Bottle is numero uno uh, as far as music goes. We also have some other new music releases. The Pie Tasters, awesome mixtape, volume six, very clever. Uh, Guided by Voices well, would have Do the Collapse Out. Forget About It by Allison Cross. Uh, Philadelphonic by G Love and Special Sauce. And Here I Stand by Oyster Band. I like how that rhymed. Me too. Uh, yes, welcome everyone to uh, 1999. We're going to get through this as fa- god damn it diana I there's don't- so much <laughs> there's just so fucking much this week what is the and deal? i was looking for news and then i find something that's like well this sounds like it's important and again it's something i don't remember at all there's so much movie to talk about mm-hmm. we I, I literally all i have to say is uh on august 7th hundreds of chechen fighters cross into dagestan and it starts a short war <sighs> hmm. don't know anything about it but my greatest observation here I love how hard Chechen is to say and how easy it is to spell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, true. It's no Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> Nothing is. And, uh, okay, let's move quick. Sorry for uh, RIP hundreds of Chechen fighters. Uh, I don't mean to overshadow your contribution or bravery. I don't, unless you're bad, then fuck you. Um, <laughs> oh, 
I don't I, know. No idea. No idea. I'm an American. There's too many movies to see. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm pretty yeah, pubescent. You were busy, okay? I was movie hopping this week. I remember specifically which ones of these I saw. Uh, I, I rem- so but this is, this is a week where I remember needing to see all of these and being hurt by a few of them. Thrills um, and chills oh. abound. Uh, pretty much the, the, the order Diana put them in is mm-hmm. the order I would, I, I would maybe rank them, give or take swapping yeah. the last two. But I get yeah. why they're there. Uh, except for Illuminata. Uh, I don't know anything uh, about that movie. That's a movie starring and directed by John Turturro, and I believe it's about a theater company. Uh, mm. It's got good people. It's got you know Susan Saran and Christopher Walken in it. Um, in case you want to see what John Turturro is like as a director. And John Turturro. I, I, I hear he's directed some good stuff. I don't know. Yeah, uh, he's directed a bunch of stuff. They're all very sort of like weird and indie, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this. I just want also to bring... Also weird and kind of indie, though, is the next movie, which is yeah. another movie I had not seen, so I watched this. But I want to bring I got it up... into Dick for you. <laughs> Digging right. into Dick with Diana. That's a lot of alliteration. <laughs> yeah. I should work in writing again. But I want to bring this up in a context of Kids in the Hall and how important that show mm-hmm. was. That show's been over for like a little less than four years, and those guys popped up everywhere, and there are two of them in this movie. You don't see mm-hmm. two kids in something that's completely unrelated to Kids in the Hall ever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it happened pretty frequently, and like I, as a comedy nerd, I was like, holy shit, this movie has to be amazing because it has, well, Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams, uh, Dan Hedaya, who I fucking love for some reason. I he's, love him too. He's a, a weirdo, like, like, like a, like a, a copy of a little less, like a little, like Diet Robert De Niro. Yes. With, that does more comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bruce McCullough, Will Ferrell, uh, Saul Rubinick, Terry Garr, and Dave Foley in a Dick, a Richard Nixon comedy. There are lifts in Watergate. They were there the night of the break-in. They don't want anything? Sir, I have met yams with more going on upstairs than those two. Uh, I'll take care of it. I've got a way with young people. They trust me. They knew he was big. Call me Dick. Guess what happened us today? They knew he was powerful. How would you two be interested in being official White House dog walkers? What do you think? Again? They must never let him out. And they thought they could trust him. Who the hell are you? Oh, why were they shredding all that paper? Paper mache is a hobby of mine. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I don't. I, I bought this back when DVDs were like twenty nine ninety nine. Like wow. this has to be good, and that's why I have a sense of a, a burning taste in my mouth. Like this just wasn't as funny as I want. But I, what did we call it the other day? Like, like it's almost like a Romy and Michelle prequel. Like, yeah. in yes. in the Nixon yes. scandal. I was thinking these guys make Romy and Michelle look really smart, though. They look like actual business women who could get actual business women lunches. They are so dumb but they're kids wonderful yeah because they're supposed to be like 15 16 yeah so they're these incredibly stupid 15 16 year olds who accidentally find out about watergate (laughs) um through because of uh harry shearer's g gordon liddy which is great casting um and so dan hedaya as nixon thinks that basically he can they're so stupid, he can just trick them into forgetting about it. So he makes them the dog walkers in the White House, which means they keep coming back to the White House, which means they keep finding out shit. And then they become Deep Throat, and they pass it off to Woodward and Bernstein, played by Bruce McCulloch and William uh, and Will Ferrell. William, William Ferrell. Ferrell. William Ferrell. Yes. Is he in, sh- is he in Bill trouble? Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we don't have Will Ferrell movies yet, and I remember loving him SNL, mm-hmm. and like, this is, holy shit, they put this through the movie, thank Christ. This is, I mean, gosh, mm-hmm. I saw it when it came out, so it, I did not get a chance to revisit it, especially because Antista 
discouraged me greatly. But um, <laughs> I, it's a it's a very cute premise. No, totally. Yeah. And and I, I I don't know like and some of our best actresses. Yeah, I I'd never yeah, heard of Michelle, Michelle Williams before Williams this. Yeah, is a person I think can literally do anything now, yeah. and just see her as just yeah, she's so good at being a certain kind of stupid. Yep. That it's like they're they're both really stupid, but they're like distinct kinds of stupid. Kirsten Dunst is a really chipper stupid, and Michelle Williams is a really sensitive heart on her sleeve stupid who ends up having a crush on Nixon and then records him <laughs> uh, a message on the tape that lasts about eighteen and a half minutes. And that's not, you know, anything from history or anything there. Hmm. (laughs) Not notable. Notable. Yeah. There's like if it's so weird because like it presumes that, you know, a lot more about Watergate than I think your average person. I didn't know shit. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like your average teenager. I mean, making jokes about, yeah, the missing 18 and a half minutes and, you know, uh, how Deep Throat got his name and the information he's giving and they get so mad at them in the end because like you kicked checkers uh <laughs> you're not a nice man <laughs> oh, i forgot yeah, G- jim brewer's really... in this ryan reynolds is in this oh jim brewer i think got the biggest laugh for me and i don't really care for jim brewer but he plays john dean and yeah there's a point where they're like if you work for a bad person you're a bad person too and there's just this long pause and then he makes this like oh, horrified face <laughs> like that's the thing that made him flip <laughs> But, yeah, but, no, was it Dave Foley? I think is uh, Haldeman. Uh, Haldeman, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think anyone. I don't remember if anyone's Ehrlichman and uh, Saul Rubinek as, as Kissinger mm-hmm. is doing a good job. Like yeah. it's, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's so dumb. I mean, it's all about them. Like they're accidentally do- dosing everyone with weed, uh, including Brezhnev, and then they have a sing along, and it's like it is really dumb, but it's fun dumb. And I have to so very light recommend for me. So, okay. very I'm glad light. to hear that. Here's an um, amazing another yet another movie with amazing comedic cast that yeah. let me down. Mm-hmm. Saw it in theaters, but it oh did it bring us something timeless? <laughs> Given how untimeless the movie itself is, oh how do I start? Uh, Cal Mitchell, William Macy, Greg Kinnear, Jeffrey Rush, Jeanine Garofalo, Claire Filoni, Hank Azaria, and I'll say uh, first time in a while I'd seen Paul Rubens in a while mm-hmm. as well as. Kind of your lead, Ben Stiller in Mystery Men. We gotta find a lot of superheroes really quickly. State your name and power. PMS Avenger. I only work four days a month. Is there a problem with that? No. No. I am the Waffler. Waffle Man! Am I too late to try out? Sorry. <laughs> You're in. Wow, my first mission and we're gonna rescue Captain Amazing. Here we go! God, I wanted to love this movie more. Me too. Janine Garofalo with a CG yeah. bowling ball power. Uh, I'm so if you excited can for this. Hear it in there. I think it's even in the Smash Mouth video. You can see Dane Cook uh, yes. in, yep. in the Smash Mouth All Star music video because this Smash Mouth All Star video opens with Mystery Men from the scene we just yep. heard. It's a tie-in video. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten about that. Everybody forgets that because they have a scene in suburbia because they're a bunch of loser superheroes interviewing for a new squad. And the Smash Mouth video takes place in those suburbs okay. where, that's, where that scene is shot. Yeah, so yeah. it's fucking crazy. Uh, I, I, that's how forgotten this movie is. It's in a video that you can literally see every minute of every day, memefied, slowed down, like Smash Mouth, but X is X for <laughs> that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And right. you just forget it's from a, mo- like a big movie from that summer that kind of shit the bed. Oh, yeah. it mm-hmm. totally shits the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, because... 
I mean, it's weird that it's coming out in 99 because we've had on and off superhero movies. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to have a, a parody, but it's, it's, you know, it's not like a direct parody of anything in particular. Mm-hmm. You know, it's based on some It's based comics. on comics. Well, um, I think I think what I what I always like to point out during this period, there was, from my perspective, there was an incredible desire for superhero movies. And Marvel and DC could not get it done. Whatever deal they needed yeah. to do to make a proper superhero. So pretty much everything else got a shot mm-hmm. after something mm-hmm. like Men in Black. Like any small comic would get a Hollywood shot. And I just think this, I've never read the comic, but I if this was rated R and not this like really pappy family comedy, yeah. I think there would have been something here. I mean, one, one of the superpowers right is farting. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I feel like it was going, it, the comic was probably a little harder, but it's a summer movie mm-hmm. with a great cast. The only thing I remember loving about it is Greg Kinnear is the he's legit so Superman type. And yeah. he's covered in sponsorships like a NASCAR driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like very good at conveying that personality, mm-hmm. the dismissive cool guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mystery yeah. Man. There's, there's so much that, should be working better in this that is not it's pretty badly directed i'll point out and that guy never got to work again um Mm -hmm. just like there's so there's so many characters Mm -hmm. and some of them are just so over the top like normally i love when jeffrey rush goes over the top Mm -hmm. and he's a bad guy (laughs) casting over frankenstein Uh, (laughs) great name that's pretty good but it's almost like you don't need him in this movie because, like, isn't the situation that they're trying to become superheroes like its own struggle, and so you don't need him going crazy and over the top? Maybe right. I don't uh, know. Just well, is it part of? Yeah, there's so many cute bits, and and the whole movie overall is pretty bad. I think I, I laughed yeah. once, and I remember exactly where at the end of the film, mm-hmm. and Ben still like jumps off the stairs or something, and it goes slow mo and adds the million dollar man. Sound effects for no for like the first and only time in the movie. I'm like, ha, 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 that's fun, and then it started to suck again. Well, and part of the conceit, right, is that Greg Kinnear is like the the main the main superhero the who effective can do superhero. no wrong, mm-hmm. right? But he runs out of people to he gets kidnapped. Well, on purpose though. Oh no, I forgot about the fucking twist, oh. right? <laughs> because he runs out of people to fight because he's put everyone away or mm-hmm. they've left or whatever, and so he starts losing. I think sponsor sponsorship deals, mm-hmm. and people start losing interest. So he kind of masterminds this way to release Casanova Frankenstein, and then it goes poorly for him, and he ends up getting kidnapped by. Casanova Frankenstein. Uh, I like, yeah. keep wanting to call Casanova then, Nurse, which is the name of our local weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name, too. Oh, my God. That's Casanova bullshit. Nurse is I get my mad favorite. at my parents every every day for not naming me a weatherman-appropriate name. I could point it's at true. a blue screen, too. It's true. <laughs> it can be Dusty Fields. Come on. Yeah, or South Park's creamy goodness. Like that's my <laughs> favorite fake newscaster name. Uh, but I, I don't know. We don't need to spend a lot of time on mystery men. Just no, uh, most this people. Is, this should have been a great cult movie. Yeah. And yeah. I, there, there's plenty of people who like it. And hey, if you like it, good for you. I, I like a lot of parts of it. I just think as a whole, it, it's pretty awful. I think it's terrible. I like all the costumes mm. and the detail on all of the outfits and the set dressing and everything like that. I find that mm-hmm. very interesting, and on almost every shot, I feel like you could just pause it and just kind of like look at it, like almost like an I Spy picture. Because <laughs> yeah. there's just like a yeah. lot of detail it, and things going on. Yeah. yeah, it it looks more expensive than it was, even though it was like sixty right. million dollars, mm-hmm. which was pretty pricey for. I mean, I guess it's an action comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
but not with any like big name stars or anything huge and marketable in it. Yeah, I think it was it was before Ben, ben Stiller's it, not a, a huge star yet. Yeah, so. not a huge movie star. And I, the the last thing I remember about that is I, I remember as a Nickelodeon fan, like, oh, I guess Kel's going to be the breakout star, isn't oh, he? Uh, nice. We'll see a lot more of him, and we didn't. Yeah, uh, but so nice. I, I I like Kel. Uh, but man, I love Keenan. <laughs> Keenan is now an institution unto himself. True. Um, and uh, now we get into the good, the good to great movies. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll let Diana handle this one for the most part because it's been a while since I've seen Dennis Leary, Rene Russo, Pierce Brosnan in the Thomas Crown Affair. Thomas Crown has never been caught. It's not about the money. But just how big of a thief are you? But he's never gone this far. This painting is worth a hundred million bucks. Nobody has ever been this close before. You've been busy. And whose head are you after? Yours. From the director of Die Hard. Where's he right now? This summer, the only way to win... Do you get me? ...is to stay ahead of the game. Hold it! The Thomas Crown Affair. Made it up. Oh, yeah. So I hate when they remake classic movies. Yes. Just watch the fucking classic. Mm-hmm. This one's in color even, and it stars sexy people being sexy at each other. And Steve McQueen, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Steve McQueen, Faye Dunaway. And Ooh. it's freaking awesome. I believe we had it in Classic Corner even. And so when I saw they were remaking, I was like, aww. And they did a lot of really smart things and that it is not a one-to-one remake. It's basically... I, I kind of I wouldn't be surprised if this was a separate script that like for legal reasons they had to buy the rights to Thomas Crown and slap it mm. on this because it's just this basic idea of a rich guy who steals just to see if he can do it and the sexy insurance lady who's after him. Mm. But the original it's like a cool bank robbery and this one it's this cool art heist and there's lots of like just there's a lot of detective work on her side but also like they're they're sort of falling for each other and they're being all middle aged and sexy at each other. Dennis Leary ranting and, ranting about where you can and can't smoke. That doesn't happen. Yes, but. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much his job is to be like, uh, come on, what are you doing? Oh, why are you paying attention to him? You're not paying attention to me. Is it because I'm smoking? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, good. Ah, no, he's really actually good. he's actually fine. He's yeah. actually fine in this. It's, he's not. He's just the right amount of Dennis Leary mm. to sort of ground it as like, yeah, weary Irish cap. Yeah, um, but it is really well made, and it is a lot of fun. I, I remember it's one of the. I think it's one of the best remakes ever. I remember wow. the, it, it spawning articles like in defense of the remake. There, there are certain new stories to tell with old stories, and this mm-hmm. this proves it. Yeah. But it, I, I think it got lost by being like kind of adults, like kind of mm-hmm. like this is for this is for yeah. older fans of movies. Like you're really gonna like this, and yeah. I, I I saw it and didn't love it as much as. But the reviewers like heaped praise upon. The Thomas Crown Affair yeah. remake. This yeah. is this is this is how you do it. This is how you do a remake. You you gotta go for sort of the bare bones framework and the tone, and then you tell your own story within it with like lots of you know fun double crossing and cat and mousing, and they're they're just yeah, and and they're it, they're grown ups. They're grown ups. Mm. That adds to it. If these people, if if the characters were played by twenty four year olds, mm-hmm. it would be the most annoying thing you ever saw. But because they're oh, like sure. played by goddamn adults who well, are in charge of their sexuality, thank you. <laughs> it just there's something more fun that way. It I, makes I sense know. for the roles. I mean, if you have a rich dude who's just doing things for things for the fun of it, and a sexy insurance agent, they're going to be middle aged people. But no, they could they could cast it with you know some people from Dawson's Creek or whatever and it would have been really really silly but it 
works better that they're older and they have this experience, so they're extra cautious and extra clever. Mm. And yeah, it is so. It, I never thought I would be saying yes. I like both versions of Thomas Crown Affair, but I wow. I really like this one. It is a lot of fun. One of Renee Russo's only nude scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A classy uh, yeah. adult nude Paid scene. Extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Love get it. to see you know a lady uh, over forty with her boobs out, and they look great. Mm. Lovely. Good see, better. see, I just sold it. You ladies don't know how to do this. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's fun. It's got you know actiony stuff. Cause, like they said, from the director of Die Hard to make it sound more actiony than mm-hmm. it is. Classy. Yeah. Classy film. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I can put it up there with like The Thing and The Fly as remakes go, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's one of the best ones. It really is. It's so much fun. It's a really good date movie. You guys should watch it. Okay. Man, okay. Yeah. That's one of the ones that I did not get to this week, but Sam and I talked about like every day this week. Let's watch it. And then I fall asleep immediately. It's, it's a very Sam so, movie. So tired all the time, <laughs> but it's definitely on the list. Maybe we'll get to it this weekend. Um, yes. it, and this love is Sexy Heist. Yeah. I love Sexy Heist. I love it. This is where I got to give a huge shout out to um, a listener. Hopefully still out there because it's a long time ago. J.C. Foster. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. years ago sent Laser Time, uh, the Laser Time Studios, a bunch of rolled posters from, I believe, a closed movie theater, and you could almost detect they were from a certain period, kind mm. of the late nineties. Mm-hmm. I got three posters. And I, I, sorry, I moved a, over a year ago, and I've been slowly unpacking. And mm-hmm. only this week did I remove those posters and like take. I, I, I thought I'd seen all of them, but he, I have three posters from this week in thirty twenty ten. Wow, that's I, cool. Mystery Men, Thomas Crown Affair, and. I don't know why I didn't see this because I we even put it on YouTube. We like went through the the, the roles. <laughs> I, I have an immaculate poster from the theatrical release of our next movie, mm-hmm. which I don't know. You know, Ooh. I'm the big cartoon nerd, and this this movie means a hell of a lot to me. I watched it again last night. I watched it again two months ago, not knowing we were even going to talk about it. I just love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli Murenthal. A wonderful, wonderful vocal performance from Christopher McDonald. I want to just give a tip of my hat to that casting. He is not a guy you typically think to cast as your lead villain in an animated cartoon. Who, who is he? He's he mostly he mostly pursues Adam Sandler. Okay, in movies like Happy Gilmore, <laughs> uh, Wedding Singer. Is he in the Wedding Singer? Is that him? I'll have to look um, But you'd know him if you saw him. I, I, yeah. For some reason, the thing that comes to mind when they made a bunch of midnight run TV movies, he was in De Niro's part. Uh, but but a great performance, a, it's kind of unrecognizable. Okay, performance with Jennifer Aniston, great. Oh, Harry yeah. Connick, junior guy. performance. John Mahoney's mm-hmm. awesome as always, and on Vin Diesel, sort of like his not his debut to the world. I think Boiler Room was out, and yeah. he'd been in a bunch of smaller things. But I think it's hilarious. If yeah. you crack oh, crack open your copy of Iron Giant, you have Vin Diesel hosting most of the special features in a way he would not do now. Very <laughs> animated. Hey guys, I'm here to tell you about all the fun stuff that happened behind the scenes. Like, whoa! Yeah, I mean, he was in Saving Private Ryan, but he's the first one to die. Yeah, so no one remembers him. Yeah, but like every time I sort of giggle at him voicing, I am Groot. Like, kind of did that in. 1999's yeah. the, kind of the last non-Disney fantastic and traditionally animated film. Mm-hmm. Oh. The fucking Iron Giant. Oh. Look behind you, the giant! No one understands him. We've got to help him! The army wants to destroy him. Go to Code Red! Repeat, Code Red! we got to hide! And only one boy can save him. Where's the giant? He's my friend. Oh, God. On August 6th... Let's get out of here! 
Brothers Family Entertainment presents... You can fly? You can fly! The Iron Giant, rated PG, starts... Uh, if I, I, it's one of the... One of the best movies of the year. Yeah. yeah that Period. nobody saw, that died, that uhf this year. Yeah, it's it's it literally looked like it was having the trajectory of a Christmas story. Because mm-hmm. I think Cartoon Network found it a few years ago and like... We're just going to play this every Christmas for 24 hours. Really? Or Thanksgiving or one of those holidays. Yeah. And so like it did, I think it's, I think it's found its audience. Mm-hmm. It should be mm-hmm. bigger. <laughs> it should be bigger because this is a super valiant effort by Warner Brothers to make a real contender in the field of animation. Mm-hmm. And by, and by, not like in a Prince of Egypt way of like copying everything Disney does, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. get a wholly unique story with no musical numbers in a in a beautiful style, like a, a beautiful traditional style with a lot of like worthy CG that looks yeah. really cool meshed together. Uh, a beautiful yeah. look at like a I don't know up upstate like um, is it Maine? I, it, it's yeah, it, during it's the Maine. fall. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I know another animated movie other than like a couple scenes in Bambi and Fox and the Hound that are like this beautiful brown and orange. It's this movie is gorgeous and it'll look gorgeous forever. By the choices made by. Brad Bird in his one mm-hmm. like non Pixar animated outing before he went back to went back home to Pixar. This movie's fantastic. It's so good. It, I rewatched it this weekend because uh, it was actually the first movie that I was like, okay, this I have to watch for this week because it had been so long since I had seen it, and it just. I'm going to speak about it less eloquently than you because I don't know cartoon stuff. It just feels good to watch. It just it's it's heartwarming without being cloying and yes. watching the way that they animate the Iron Giant is they do it in a way that is makes me feel like we're totally fucked when we get AI robots <laughs> because I've I felt bad for him when he would get hurt or whatever. I like the way he yeah. first sits down. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really know yeah. how to do it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, the, the, the mix of computer and uh, traditional animation, I thought was a really neat way to do it. And that I don't, I feel like they computer modeled stuff and then animated over it. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you know if that's how they did it? Because it does not have that sort of like the weird seams that you see sometimes right. it, when there's, when they're when you mix and match, they don't opt for like the look that Disney would go for in the scenes in Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, where like the CG stuff yeah. is actually making a stab at looking real. Mm-hmm. That's what it's trying to do. Whereas this is trying to look, for lack of a better term, cell shaded. Uh, so I'm sure yeah. it's 3D modeled in a computer and all that stuff, and not. I, I can't imagine it's animated by hand. Mm-hmm. A la, no. what is that movie we talked about? The Great Mouse Detective, where that's actually how the co- computer animation meant the computer was drawing and painting. Like literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> with a mechanical yeah. hand. Now, because there's some other stuff in there that's CG too, but it meshes so well with the style, and that's another thing I like about it. It is a movie that is nostalgic for the 1950s, mm-hmm. but it's not masturbatory, but, right. and, and like it, it only makes sense during the Atomic Age right. and uh, Cold War Panic. Like mm-hmm. the movie only makes sense in that era. It wouldn't work the same way in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't work the same way in 2019. It had to be set in the 50s to be this story. So it's not it's not a it's not boomer nostalgia even though right. it's like it's all steep in ni- the beautiful 1950s scenery. It took me mm-hmm. a second to realize it was set during the 1950s. In the beginning, yeah. Like honestly, mm-hmm. and then I 
I was like, oh, yeah, but it's not slapping you in the face with, you know, old-timey talk mm-hmm. and, you know, the music mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. It's I always, just... I always say that when you're a kid, when I was a kid at least, and I think even some kids, any kid without like a portable screen, like all of our childhoods are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't a latchkey kid like Hogarth, but like, I, I don't know. I loved all that stuff. That felt very much like when I was a kid. Like I really really don't want to go to bed and I'd really like to go outside. What if I just did that? Mm. And if he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have met his, his friend, the Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we haven't really explained uh, what this is about. No. Uh, oh, based, yeah. on Ted, based on a Ted Hughes story. Mm-hmm. Um, and how this got to be a movie is sort of weird because remember it was like a month or two ago, we blew right past it, but the Pete Townsend put out a theme album called The Iron Man. It was a mm-hmm. concept album mm-hmm. um, based on the Ted Hughes story. And so the... Uh, studios were thinking about maybe making that into some sort of movie, so they bought their rights to the Pete Townsend album. <laughs> and then huh. made this movie. So Pete Townsend's listed as an executive producer on it. That's wow. Crazy. I did not um, know that. That's yeah, crazy. I did not know that until like at the end of the movie it says executive producer Pete Townsend. I'm like, what the fuck? Wait, no, but he just did. We talked about the Iron Man. So uh, it is based on the short story about uh, a little kid um, who's, you know, got a single mom and they never really say what happens to the dad, but they imply it really clearly. I thought did a really good job and he's just sort of a wacky imaginative kid. And then uh, a gigantic fucking robot lands near his house mm-hmm. and they become buddies and into his life. Yep. They become buddies and we don't know where the robot came from or what it's built for at first. And I, and I saw this in like in 90... everyone's like, do I tell my do I tell everyone? No one's believing me. And then the the feds show up and they're like, Russians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I saw this and in ninety nine. Paranoia really kicks in. And I don't know much about history or Cold War paranoia, but watching it now, like it, it really allows Christopher McDonald to be like high villainy because of yeah. the panic over like horse Sputnik horseshit and mm-hmm. space race stuff. Like it it it'll. it'll that's why I love it so much from where it's set. Like, yeah, we were insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did mm-hmm. super insane things, and he could call in airstrikes for no reason on things we were mildly afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why the, and then, this- in the end, he does literally the craziest thing any human has ever done. <laughs> yes. He calls in a nuclear airstrike on his own location. <laughs> what is and it? he doesn't even think about it for John a Mahoney, like, no, we're nuke- in the strike like- zone, asshole. <laughs> like, it's takes. You're the- right next to it. You're standing right next to it. And you just say, oh, yeah, nuke it. You're so fucking dumb. Do it and now. then like, he tries to run away, and I love the general just grabs like, oh no 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 right. no no yeah. you have to die in the fiery apocalypse with the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And, and this movie just holds up so fucking well. Your kid will love it. Mm-hmm. You'll love it yeah. as an adult. Like man, this movie is great. Really yes. interesting choice for to cast Jennifer Aniston. It's it had that in my notes as like uh, it is her second best movie after Office Space, uh, but it's yeah. also like. She doesn't. She. I wish she had like a movie she contributed something truly meaningful for. She is just a woman yeah. here. There, yeah. There's. It could have been anybody. She, but but I didn't know. To her credit, I didn't even know it was her yeah. when I first saw the movie uh, in the theater. Yeah, I saw it there. Alone. She has such potential mm-hmm. that I feel like she just hasn't quite lived up to. I think she's mm-hmm. starting to now. Uh, just as a side note, that she did. Friends with Money is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she did another one. I think it's called Cake, where she plays like a depressed person that mm-hmm. is like addicted to pain medications. Really good. Mm-hmm. The Good Girl's great. So it feels girl's like it really good. feels yeah. like a weird time where like, well, she's a TV star. She can't star in her own movie, so right. she played like tiny "I'm the Girl" roles in like mm-hmm. really good movies. Mm-hmm. But like, it just seems bizarre. So she's like a household name. Yeah. Well, 
Well, and it's or maybe of, she's just being picky. Maybe I think she she's is. like, I don't need to do this for the money. I only do things that are fun. Maybe I, I, I'd, I'd love to give her that credit for now. And then once we got into the 2000s, she started to make a lot of stuff. <laughs> you don't like Coral Bosses too? What? Yeah. <laughs> Although I do like her as a villain. I think that's fun. That's, that is fun. But yeah, <laughs> she, um, yeah, I really like Jennifer Aniston. Always will. But I, I, I rarely say this, but like, um, if you haven't seen Iron Giant, you should. If you've seen Iron Giant and don't like it. We cannot be friends. I don't care if you listen to the show anymore. Mm. Like we will disagree vehemently <laughs> forever. But I, I've also never met a person First who has words. who has a bad thing to say about this I movie. Mean, even people who don't like cartoons. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. just a fun film that mo- even people who don't like animation are like that's pretty good. Shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I like animation. I remember one of my friends in particular doing that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was super proud of that. Like that was really good. And um, yeah, it's been winning people over ever since. I think has a new signature edition out, uh, which is worth picking mm-hmm. up. I really would like to see what this looks like in 4K because, mm-hmm. like, right now we have like three uh, traditional, traditionally animated movies that have been remastered in 4K, and they look astonishing. And this is when all of pretty much was it this year, like every other non-Disney animated studio will collapse mm-hmm. on itself, mm-hmm. and um, yep. these people would try and salvage their careers by helping make. Uh, Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights of Reality. Oh, that's yes. that's why that that movie has a redeeming quality is that it looks good because the Iron Giant people are working on it. Oof. And uh, yeah, Fox's Titan AE takes down Fox's animated division. It's mm-hmm. it's all pretty tragic, but I do think 2D animation went out with a bang. Almost everything that was made, maybe besides, I'm not saying this because it's bad, the Winnie the Pooh movie. Every 2D movie <laughs> made in the HD era is really cool and worth checking out. Iron Giant being the best. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. Definitely put it on your playlist for movies to watch when you feel like the world is horrible <laughs> and you really need just something that's going to make you feel good. Yeah. Honestly. like Feel good I, or maybe feel bad. Feel good that you're not living in the fucking 50s. Yeah. Uh, uh, t- this is probably worse. but <laughs> Hard to say. Hard to say. I don't know. It's yeah, difficult to say as a white dude. No, absolutely. I mean, we've there's whole books about how 1999 is especially a good year in film, and uh, this is one of the ones that it's like, yeah, it it finally it took a while to find its audience. I think as Brad Bird got more attention with like Incredibles and stuff, and people started to go back and like, oh, I heard that was good, and then being like, <gasps> everyone watch it. Yeah, in terms of Brad Bird, I just remember like. There was nothing to say about him, but like he made The Simpsons fun, like visually. That's mm-hmm. what Brad Bird did. And after Iron Giant, even pe- though people hadn't seen it, that's how Pixar pushed him. Like mm-hmm. we have the guy that made the Iron yeah. Giant, and everybody's like, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Oh, oh, I heard that was good. Yeah, I heard I, that. No one I've seen has said it, but all the critics love the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean yeah. this this movie failed miserably. So like it it deserves redemption to this day so mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it it's my number one recommend of the week because i'm sure you've seen the yes. next fucking movie and it's there's yep. i don't have anything bad to say about it nope. and I, i'm not shitting on it but i'm just i know everyone saw it uh yep. and if you haven't oh my god how did you do that <laughs> yes and if you haven't we're not going to be the ones who ruins the surprise for you that shit has been ruined for like i would say 19 years people were yeah. 19 years and four months everyone was talking about the ending mm-hmm. the tony collette Haley joel osmond and uh bruce willis in the sixth sense Cole, what's wrong? Did you ever talk to your mom about how things are? I don't tell her things. Why not? Because she doesn't look at me like everybody else, and I don't want her to. I don't want her to know. Know what? I see dead people walking around like regular people. I don't see anything. Are you sure they're there? Sometimes you feel it inside, like you're falling down real fast. You ever feel the prickly things on the back of your neck? Yes. That's them. 
They get mad. It gets cold. How often do you see them? All the time. Ooh, it's oh. a good it's a good spot man it is man. for a tv spot yeah. especially that's uh yeah man the sixth sense which i at least I, i'm proud to say this week's bonus time sarah and i talk about a movie that might not hold up its surprise on a rewatch mm-hmm. whereas i like to confirm you kn- knowing bruce willis is dead and watching the movie mm-hmm. makes it more fun <laughs> Oh, absolutely! It, it's it's yeah. really yeah. fun you to rewatch. To see all the spots where you're like, I should have picked it up there. Yeah. Oh, look what they just did! I've always been a little confused. Like, did Haley Joel Osment know that he was a ghost? That's a good question. Mm. I feel like he might have, even though he didn't seem as scared of him. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. because he was helpful. Because, but I love I love its depiction of ghosts mm-hmm. that they don't know what they want. Right. And um, they, they don't really mean us any harm, but they just pop out of nowhere and it really frightens me and I hate it. Yeah. And, and Well, for a little kid, that's dude. true for adults. Mm-hmm. Adults are scary. <laughs> and adults often don't know what they want and they, you know, pop out of nowhere and they demand things of you that you can't do if you're a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think maybe in the movie, Haley Joel Osment's character doesn't know if... Bruce Willis is a ghost or not. Mm-hmm. I can see being a little kid and not being able to tell the difference if you have this gift, you yeah. know? Because um, mm. adults do strange things all the time. And mm-hmm. especially when you're a weird little kid and they're worried about you. Yeah, man, this movie's so good. Yeah. And, and this is good. Yep, this is the only movie, I should mention this is the only movie uh, from 1999 that is on the AFI Top 100 list. No shit. Re- what? Yep. And I, I think yeah, pe- kind of a surprise Well, I out, think out of everything there, but I think even even so I well built. Even mm-hmm. I want to shit on this because of what became of M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. And the, yeah. And the ways he disappointed me following this, which mm-hmm. he did not do right away. I'll say Same. he's got a trilogy of wonderful films. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not his first film. I forgot it was at uh, Rosie nope. O'Donnell, Wide Awake. We talked about it a long, long time ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he made like a really like indie movie that the studio kind of buried okay. uh, with Rosie O'Donnell about Catholicism. Because hmm. uh, you, you can tell from, especially signs, there's a lot of Catholicism in right. Night Shyamalan's life. And, uh, but but this, is, this is wonderful. This holds up really well. It does. Uh, it, it don't hate on it because you, because you, because you didn't like Lady in the Water, so or Glass, yeah. well, yeah. or so much. I mean, there was so much hype around Shyamalan after this. Mm-hmm. It was you know literally mm-hmm. on the cover of magazines as the next Spielberg, mm-hmm. and I mean, and dropping that ball is one hundred percent all on him. But originally he did, you know, a smart thing. He wrote a really good script. Mm-hmm. You sent it out and. You know, his price tag was, and I direct. Mm-hmm. And that's hmm. that's how you do it. And you get ready to walk. Be like, I'll even take less money, but, and I direct, because I want to show off what I can do. Yeah, and, and I think this uh, is superbly directed. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I yes, think it, it is very well directed. And I don't know why he went off, like, in some ways he, like, went off into other genres, but in some ways, no. In some ways, he kind of stayed the same, you know, what's a twist sort of thrillery thing and it just gets goofier and goofier. See, I, I think he heard himself going away from the twist. I can't even remember the name of that ugh, movie that set in the past. The he Village. Says, oh, the, the Village. village. The village. Yeah. I liked The Village. Me too. Okay, so Me too. Yeah, I, I, I like a lot of The Village. I saw, I saw the reveal yeah, from a mile, a mile away. I thought the yeah. journey was fun yeah. and I am I, I will mildly defend Lady in the Water but I think after that he's mm-hmm. like 
Spielberg did one thing well mm-hmm. and kind of never stopped doing it to his mm-hmm. to I would say sometimes his discredit. Spielberg doesn't branch out very well and he even tackles yeah. certain material that I think is not good for him mm-hmm. and does a Spielberg thing with it whereas Shyamalan did try and like well I can't just be the twist guy I got to do something else and mm-hmm. all that other stuff mm-hmm. was experimental and did not work mm-hmm. but uh, uh, the first three movies 3.5 movies I think are wonderful I think he deserves the credit of being called the next Spielberg but and, and, and he, yeah. he failed by trying to like get crazy Lady in the Water is insane the so most wait, yeah. it goes um, Sixth Sense Wide Signs uh, Unbreakable Unbreakable Then Signs mm-hmm. Then The Village Then The Village Then okay. Lady in the Water Yeah Because I also really love Signs too No I, I think Signs is a fantastic movie I like mm-hmm. some of Signs mm-hmm. I, I think Yeah I'll call it half good I think it's a well done invasion movie It has yeah. it has a twist But it's not a huge deal It's it, I see I don't even see that as a twist Well we can talk about that Yeah It's typical yeah. for an alien movie yeah. So it's not a huge twist But yeah um, I, I mean this too, I think this was the first movie, even more than Blair Witch, that everybody was. All my friends were talking about. Oh. Could not stop talking mm. about. I remember something more special about it that may be why. Mm-hmm. This is the first movie I illegally downloaded. <gasps> mm-hmm. Wow! Dun dun dun! And in the days of broadband, I remember. I remember it. <laughs> Because it only took you three the, years. The movie was oblong, <laughs> and I saw the shape of the person in the right-hand corner the entire time. Like, oh, I wow. should see this. And I said, I like this so much, I should see this in again in the theater because it was a little dark. But up until that point, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't on the interwebs stealing movies. Uh, I'm not even sure I had a computer uh, at the beginning of this year. But yeah, first movie I, le- I, I watched oh. in full, illegally downloaded on a monitor with, with friends, with your husband, actually. Hmm. Um, dun, uh, dun, yeah. dun. Yeah. Yeah, no, with... With M. Night Shyamalan, I'd actually, I would like to see him do more work for hire. I want to see him direct something that he didn't write. Yes. Just, just work on the directing and see how you do. Because this is really, really well directed. (laughs) Lots of really nice long shots too. I think it's got one of my favorite, it's just, it's such a dumb jump scare, but I, I love it all the time where it's like, we're in the, the kitchen just eating. And then the camera is tracking along and follows Tony Collette out and doing something. And then they come back and all the fucking doors are open. Yep. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Neat practical effects that are fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> One continuous shot. And it's just the, the minor thing. And it's like, ah, <laughs> it just gives you the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. It's just not right. And I like, this is, this is like the one thing I don't want to ruin for people. Like, Every every opening shot with Bruce Willis in it, he's just staring into the distance doing nothing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he's exactly how Haley Joel Osment describes apparitions. He doesn't know where yeah. he is or why he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He just knows that he has to do it. Mm-hmm. And and when you when you know the twist, it's really fun to see how he's introduced in every scene because mm-hmm. he just he doesn't seem to have any idea where he is or to, how to open doors and and stuff like that. It's <laughs> it's it's weird. It's very strange hmm. uh, going back and looking at that, but yep. it, it, it's nice to it's nice to talk about M Night Shyamalan in a good sense because I think I think we should remember the these movies are like very good to excellent, yeah. And no matter how bad After Earth and The Last Airbender are, Oof. are yes. how disappointed oh, I was in Glass, how much he shit in oh, his goodwill of Split. Um, and here's some good news too: yeah. is that we are now past the point of the generation where kids are already spoiled for this because we showed this to my stepson mm-hmm. and he didn't know. Oh, he neat. didn't know about it. Oh. So it's out of the zeitgeist enough that people, kids mm-hmm. now, like in middle school and stuff, they yeah, maybe I, heard of the movie, but nobody's talking about the twist anymore. It could be like one of those things is me, an avid mystery science SNL viewer that like I hear them 
say a joke or a reference, but I don't know what it's from until mm-hmm. I actually see that thing. Mm-hmm. So I see dead people mm-hmm. is referenced everywhere. But sure. if like, yeah, if you don't know what it's from, then it could be really fun to and see if the you don't, Yeah. And if you don't know why mm-hmm. it's so, it's such an important line. You yeah. Know? But, uh, but Sam and I did have a very serious talk with him about not spoiling the ending for anyone, Ooh. which I think is part of our parental duties. Yeah, I like it, is to how talk much about, YouTube that yeah. kid watches. Yeah, <laughs> lives in a land of spoilers. Yeah, talk I even, about spoilers. I even like had to tell him when we went in the end game. You didn't spoil this for yourself, did yeah. you? He's like, no, I didn't. Like, Look, promise everyone. I'm going to do a PSA for you. <laughs> have you talked to your children about spoilers? Yeah, <laughs> because you really need to. <laughs> oh man. Nice. Did, uh, I, did yeah, I give a shout out to J.C. Yeah, Foster oh, for the posters? Thank you, J.C. Foster. The po- I'm not yeah, sure I said your name. Yeah. I went upstairs and grabbed the envelope, so I made sure to say your name right. Uh, anyway, yeah. sorry. And can we talk about how fucking good Haley Joel Osment is? For real. Is oh, yeah. For real. I don't like 99.9% of kid actors, mm-hmm. and he is so goddamn believable. Next mm-hmm. level, uh, like, young performance. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, did he get nominated for an Oscar? Oh, hell yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, he, he didn't I, win, I but, like... he had a shot to win. Me too. Because he's so good me too and he's one like, of those 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 actors I, I love seeing pop up and things because mm-hmm. he's just he's never really left and he's maintained like a mm-hmm. sense like a good sense of humor and good taste and like right. does good shit including kingdom hearts never left. and now he's like hanging around with the uh comedy bang bang crew a lot he does a lot of comedies yeah, and he's awesome. fucking hilarious i feel bad for child actors him and jonathan lipnicki because <laughs> it's just it's not fair that they like are too Great child actors who mm-hmm. were, had great roles with iconic lines, mm-hmm. and they probably had it screamed at them. They're going to have that screamed at Ooh. them for the rest of their lives, uh, and that's a hard burden to put on. Yeah, someone. and like a, a period where it probably felt like an eternity. Yeah, given that it's like two years. Like yeah. when you're a kid, that's forever. I mean, they're adolescents. Yeah. Oh my god. Ruined, basically. And and yeah, I don't know. Haley Joel Osment just kept at it and like kept yeah. being in weird stuff. And I I've, I've loved yeah. watching that dude's career. Mm-hmm. And, and just yeah, you're right. It's, on, I'm trying to think if it was WTF he was on, and he just talks. About like yeah, I went to college and did like crazy shit, experimental theater, and mm-hmm. just getting into like incredibly esoteric stuff just because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, he has such a good sense of humor about stuff. Yeah. Just like yeah, I'll just show up and do this thing. Yeah, I'm all heavy now. It's funny. Yeah. I saw him on the credits for the boys, but I haven't seen him on the show yet. Oh. I'm not to that episode. You were watching the like, boys. Oh my. I'm watching the boys. So you're yeah. the one. All right. Yep. <laughs> I've read the comic, uh, and even I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> it's all right so far. Oh, a couple episodes in. I don't know how. Like, I don't know how. I don't know how they made that show without Simon Pegg because the book was written with like, "Hey, Simon Pegg, can I use your likeness in this character?" <laughs> like, Simon you... Pegg is in it. Is oh, he the dad it, in the comic no, because he's the dad. No, no, he's he's one of the boy. Like, it's it was made like 15 years ago, so it was supposed to look like him yeah. and Shaun of the Dead. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was kind of shocked that it was like Simon Pegg, yeah, he's doing a pretty good American accent, and then he's like, Come on, dad. I'm like, Oh, Jesus Christ, how old am I? Well, you right. can play the dad to a 20 something son of a bitch. I stand corrected. Um, yeah, he is there. Oh, the boys is not out for another 20 years. Um, we've deviated yeah. from formula, but thank goodness, I'm sorry, not a lot of oh, I had, I think I had that. No, no, I didn't have that in the news. Um, no, okay, so moving on a TV of 1999, August 2nd through uh, the 8th, mm-hmm. the Motorola Showdown at Sherwood. Yes, a little sports <laughs> news here. It just, I put this in because it really speaks to what a huge phenomenon Tiger Woods is. So mm. this is the... I accidentally did the same thing, but keep going. Motorola Showdown at Sherwood. It's the first of eight match play golf matches that happened over the course of several years, which all 
included Tiger Woods and then someone that he played against, usually whoever is the new up-and-comer at that point. And it's all organized by his representation. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like an exhibition play just for Tiger. And it's match play, so it's just (laughs) one-on-one. So it's whoever wins this hole. All right, now who wins this hole? And it just keeps going. And uh, it's just... I, I I found it notable just because... I don't think we've seen this with any other no. sports athlete star. He's the Wayne Gretzky no. of golf. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's it's kind of bizarre yeah. what, what a star What if they had, like, was. Wayne Gretzky's penalty shootout? Yeah. <laughs> and that was appointment television for people. For funsies. It yeah. doesn't count for anything, but all these hockey players come up and they have penalty shootouts for I'm actually a surprised they don't have that as a reality show. So you think you can beat Gretzky <laughs> or Tiger Woods. <laughs> and it's on during primetime, too. That's nuts. That's also part of it. Oh, it's yeah. got a, well, the Motorola sale probably has something to do with it. Giant sponsor in the title there. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's just hilarious to me. Motorola showed out at Sherwood. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's no thrill in Manila, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Or in Mars Attacks, the Quaker in Jamaica. <laughs> uh, also, what uh, the, the show Thanks premieres? Yes. I, you had me at Jim Rash. Uh, I, <laughs> had me at Cloris Leachman. Cloris yeah. Leachman, uh, as well as this is a bizarre. Okay, this is. I pulled it. I had never heard of this. Mm-hmm. I never seen it. I did not even remember the promo for it. But go ahead and roll the promo and let's see if that tells us enough about it. If you see only one comedy about pilgrims this summer, <laughs> thanks. Father, my feet touch the ground now. My little girl is growing up. Series premiere CBS Monday, August second. Yeah. Well, so she's in a stockade, and it's oh my, that was the joke. But it's it's what? a it's a three camera multi camera pilgrim sitcom. Yes. Good what? lord. It only went for six episodes. No. Starring Amy Center, Erica Christensen, Tim Dutton, Cloris Richmond, and Jim Rash. The Dean. The Dean. Oh, we don't Dean this. This feels like a fake show that was on (laughs) Dirty Rock as like a promo. But here we are, a comedy about pilgrims. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And uh, I'm surprised I haven't mentioned this yet because we see big, giant, double set of air quotes. The last episode of one of my favorite things in the universe Mm. is this week, too. It is... Asterix, asterix, the last episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm. I mean, obviously, 20 years later, we have two new great seasons for the first time in two decades. Also, they couldn't, there were some problems with the rights to Merlin Shop of Mystical Wonders. So after the last episode aired, three weeks later, we got to see an episode from earlier in the season for Mm. the first time. And, And unlike what you typically see nowadays, Mystery Science Theater aired in its time slot for the next five years. I think uh, yeah. I think on thirty twenty ten in an early episode I was like no this is the last time it's shown on television because it it went for a while mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. it's the last episode so I got a little clip in case you wanted to see how it ended because it did have when they thought they were being canceled they had to have like ambiguous endings but they were pretty sure like this is it this is over so the satellite of love which the robots and Mike Nelson are stuck on forced to watch really bad movies by mad scientists it crashes into Earth and uh, Crow Tom Servo and Mike get an apartment together. Well, still, it all worked out. I mean, we were very fortunate to walk away from that crash. Oh, yeah. I guess if we were all multi-billionaires, you guys wouldn't have moved in with me. True. Yeah, that's right. Sweet garden-level living. One bedroom, one half bath, and on the bus line. Sweet. <laughs> hey, who's for rice? Would you sit down? The movie's about to start. Come here, dummy. WTMJ-TV in Milwaukee presents our Saturday afternoon movie, The Crawling Eye. 
I, I just love that. In the movie Crawling Eye is the first episode of Mystery Science Theater 2000 from 10 seasons ago. It's just like Seinfeld. Yeah. They're it in is. an eternal loop. Oh, and actually, I love that. also notable, Diana, do you remember what movie they watched in the last episode? Oh, no. I know you know the movie, even if it was di- Diabolic. Oh, God. It was Danger Diabolic. Yeah. 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 Like a movie that oh, is my God. ridiculously that. fun in its own right. And I believe, did it come out on DVD? I think it's nearly impossible to release because it's mm-hmm. it's pretty popular outside of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which you can't say about a lot of their movies. You ever saw the Beastie Boys video for Remote Control? That's a parody of mm. Danger <laughs> Diabolic because okay. it's it already had cult status without MST3K. Mm. But it, yeah. it's well, a, it, it'd been a, a comic for like a jillion years mm-hmm. in Europe and then they got this... Euro produced film that is very strange. Oh, they're some of my favorites. Uh, so weird. European spy and superhero epics. Ah, I saw them live and they did like the Italian Superman and it was just delicious. <laughs> as long as it's from before 1980, it's going to be a fun ride. But yeah, the, the, the MST3K, one of my favorite things ever, got a last episode and for fucking two decades that was it and it's back and it, it rules. Never mind, no more games and got to close out with this one. Oh. Uh, somebody once put in the notes that we're going to close out (laughs) (laughs) the mystery men soundtrack smash mouth sorry we got to do it Um, we have to do it we are legally obliged Mm -hmm. as a show talking about this music and movies from 1999 if we don't play all star we actually die in 24 hours (laughs) there's a witch chasing us and look. She walks kind of slow, but she's coming here, and she's going to throw a frog at me, and that turns me into a llama that she just gets on and rides away did to you, hell. Did you just write a, an It Follows sequel involving Smash Mouth? That's wonderful. <laughs> You're also confined to only eating at places featured in drive-ins, diners, and dives. God, oh, she sorry. even say it. So just, this is the curse. Just enjoy it before it becomes our national anthem, and you're singing it before every baseball game with your hat over your heart. <laughs> All Star by Smash Mouth, and when we get back, we'll be talking I, about 2009. Can I make one thing? Yeah, can I say ahead. one more thing? Yeah. I like this song. <laughs> the funniest thing I'm I've ever heard. I'm sick of it. Yay. I'm so sick of it. Is this, this is one of the songs we'll be talking about this year that is like, I like this, but I'm so sick of it, I never want to hear it again. I mean, well, I kind of like this. Okay, we, I, there was okay. a. I Speak read, your truth. I read an oral history of this song, and it is sort of fascinating <laughs> because uh, would you believe Smash Mouth Roots, uh, the lead singer, was in a rap band, and that didn't totally work out. Got involved. What? So what was the, what was their previous song that wasn't also Walking on the Sun? Yes, Walking so on the Sun. If you can tell, like also a pretty good song. That guy. That's that doesn't sound like any of the other songs in the album because they're kind of punk and ska. And when this album came out, they were like, what the fuck, man? We need another Walking on the Sun. And they had to run back into the studio. And in like two weeks, they came up with like this, which no matter what you think about it, was exactly what they were asked to do, which is exactly what they were trying to do. And eclipsed the song about the sun. Uh Ah, But I I thought it was a fascinating little story of selling out. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, um, they're rich hey, forever. If you know you're selling out, go for it. I mean, it, just yeah, don't do it by accident. In that article is the many, many, many times they turned down DreamWorks to option their song for Shrek because they didn't want to be involved with it, and they they said we we can't not make this movie without this song. We we tent tracked it. No other song works. Rufus Wainwright already said yes. <laughs> so. Ladies and gentlemen, the immortal all-star by Smash Mouth, and we promise we will be right back with uh, better music. Never mind, Diana loves this. Hey, 
exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time it supports not only this show but all the rest of the laser time network you'll get commentaries play games with the hosts see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time speaking of which here's a quick taste but yes we're at a party for my young cousin who is now leaving my parents are there my sister's there and um my mom disappears she had her own car there, so we were thinking she was going home. And then all of a sudden, we, um, I'm talking to my cousin and my aunt, and a phone call comes in. There's like you know, like 20 people here, mm-hmm. and she's like, it's dad. Like, dad, what are you talking about? What? Oh, my God. You know, we were make, I think we made fun of on this show, like Nest and like uh, mm-hmm. those smart home devices. The Ring app and all that stuff. Fucking yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Like, no one, especially where they live, like, out in the sticks with a bunch of other, like, like upper middle class white people. Right. Who the fuck is breaking in your fucking that's house? That's who that's for. Who the fuck is breaking in your house? What do you need to see? So, apparently, Uncle John had called to tell us that, uh, hey, <laughs> your Aunt Marcia has fallen down on the front step and is lying there and can't move. Oh, and my so God. the doorbell camera thing did I, I kept telling my aunt this is the only thing this will ever do yes this will ever do totally worth it now and we run outside we it, it, it was it was it's pretty horrible like it, like there is something that will always be traumatic about your parent lying on the ground a hundred and she's holding her phone and you can see like her trying with her fingers in an odd position, like like she called my dad, and of course this dip she like doesn't know how to use his fucking phone. Oh. You can see her trying to grab my phone. I'm right. like, I, am I Bucky? Is I, am I the one who was next yeah. to be called? Because she doesn't know anybody's number. She doesn't know how to save contacts. Yeah. So because uh, the uh, ring technology, yes, we have the video. Oh my god, you have the video. Oh my god, it's, I'm it, nervous. It is not. It, I I'm promise it's not as funny as I thought it would be. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm nervous about. That I'm gonna laugh, and I thought it, I your thought, mom will hate me. She's not I a listener. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Mrs. Internet and all the ships to see. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of August 2nd through 8th, I have two great comedy recommends. One of them was not intended to be a comedy, but let me get to it. Starting out 90 years ago this week, August 3rd, 1929, saw the release of The Coconuts, the debut of the Marx Brothers on film. If you couldn't get to a vaudeville theater uh, to see their 1925 play that it's based on. I love the Marx Brothers. Uh, I don't know if the kids these days uh, have seen much Marx Brothers or know much besides like Groucho glasses, I guess, are a thing. But I implore you to watch a Marx Brothers movie this week. Uh, The Coconuts feels entirely improvised and ramshackle as hell, but that's kind of their thing. It's just anarchy. It's just filmed anarchy. 
Animal Crackers is really good. That's their next movie. Monkey Business, Horse Feathers, Duck Soup is probably their best. Night at the Opera might be their most popular. Uh, A Day at the Races. The ones after that, they fall off a little bit, but solid recommends on all of those movies. Just, just appreciate you some Marx Brothers. You know, the Coconut's not their best, but their first, and it's really, really different when you think about what's going on. It's only two years after sound film, and and there's this fast-paced dialogue and physical comedy and musical stuff. And it's just, it's just insanity. And then, <laughs> and then. 40 years ago this week, August 3rd, 1979, so 50 years later, um, one of my all-time favorite terrible movies is released, Concord Airport 79. Oh my god, this movie is like a parody, like it's like it's a sequel, it's a better version of Airplane 2. It is so fucking stupid! It's about the uh, Russian and American gymnasts are going to do some sort of goodwill tour ahead of the 1980 Moscow Olympics, which is already a problem because America ended up boycotting the 1980 Moscow Olympics. So they all get on the Concorde, which isn't a thing anymore, and (laughs) fly to Paris, and a bunch of, like, shit happens as they're going, like, a missile almost shoots them down, and to deflect the missile, hero George Kennedy, who was in all the other airport movies and was, like, ground crew, but now he's a pilot, uh, he gets a missile away from them by opening the window in the cockpit that you have when you're doing more than the speed of sound, and he shoots a flare gun out, and that deflects the missile, and then they're saved, and then they land in Paris, and then they all get on the plane again. Why? Why would you get on the plane again after you have, like, three different near misses? It's so, so bad. It is such wonderful 70s cheese. I cannot recommend the Concord Airport 79 enough if you are a fan of bad, bad movies. So, there, it's all comedies this week. Coconuts or some other Marx Brothers movies. Concord Airport 79. I love it so much. God, it's so fucking stupid. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. here for the title body rubble is it is the hit that's bringing us in <laughs> bonnie uh bonnie let me sleep with your wife that's what the song's all about from the, the twang uh jewelry quarter off a of jewelry quarter their album a song called barney rubble that's not Coldplay, i promise uh but it sounded like it um <laughs> i've never heard this song in my life nope. uh but I'll, I'll never stop listening to it now because i love my boy bond Mm-hmm. I love doing a terrible Fred Flintstone impression. Um, should we do a laser time all the Flintstones? We've made fun of them too much. So, are you nodding? Was that a nod? Yeah, I'll be out of town for a while, so <laughs> go for it. It is a show that's more notable than it is good. Um, oh, yes. But that's sort of why this show exists sometimes. Sometimes you just want to rattle off a milestone you would never recommend, uh, such as a bunch of music I've never heard that came out August 2nd through the 8th in 2009, like How Long from Bap Kennedy or Evangelion from Behemoth. I uh, can't believe you can just use that word, even though it probably has nothing to do with the Evangelion yeah. you're thinking of. Mind Control by Tantric, Infomaniac by Nightmare Review. Uh, Gloriana's self-titled debut, uh, Two Dancers by Wild Beasts, I Love You by Amanda Blank, and Felt by Anchor and Brayley. Am I saying that right? Braille? Braille? Sure. Doesn't matter (laughs) to me. Uh, I Got a Feeling by Black Eyed Peas is still number one. Mm -mm. (sighs) 
Mm-mm-mm. It's going to be number one until it becomes Old Town Road, man. <laughs> a bunch of people tweeted at me about that. Like, oh my God, there's now there's been a song longer than any of these Black Eyed Peas songs. That's it's right. Number I one. particularly loved the AV Club headline. Like, uh, it's broken the Billboard records, which means it's the best song ever. Mm. Go ahead. Mm. Comments are open. Feel free to chime <laughs> in. Uh, <laughs> but I do remember this um, because some, for some reason at the time, I don't think we had like real cable but my i remember i moved in a san francisco apartment there was one chair coffee table and a square crt television that was always set to current tv mm-hmm. and uh lisa ling and uh, unily are released from north korea after accidentally crossing the border from uh, from china in 2008 and yep. these i think uh i think lisa ling was instrumental in current tv and mm-hmm. i think this was mm-hmm. for current tv that she was mm-hmm. crossing in north korea if i'm not mis- I, but it was covered there pretty heavily yeah for keith olbermann mm-hmm. ruined the whole network um, and, but yeah I, I don't have any more memories of that because that's i guess it's the first face i had of someone trying to get out of north korea yeah I, i'd heard of it but and I, I think I, no specific clinton was like instrumental in arranging mm-hmm. that release thanks obama yeah. See you around. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sonia Sotomayor is becomes the first Hispanic third and the third woman on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. All right. Yay. Please don't die. Uh, <laughs> Please don't die. She's nah, a, she's she's younger and she seems pretty tough. She's pretty solid. I just this is the only news I found. I didn't know I was uh, bookending anything with the other news from TV. Tiger Woods shot a sixty nine with the Buick Open. Nice. 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 I don't know what that means well, at all. Well, he's about to have a rough Thanksgiving, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when all this happens? Oh, okay. And that I remember but exactly where I was when that was happening. Before that happens, <laughs> he apparently used a gun and shot people with uh, their face in their asshole. Or it's a score in golf. I don't know. It's mm. just I saw 69 and had to tell you about mm-hmm. it. Maybe that means he's he's a terrible bowler. Do you ever think of that? <laughs> oh. Yeah, all right. All, all right. right. Aha. And on the movies of 2009, there are just, once again, too many notable ones. Almost too many notable ones to mention. I love that you have The Cove up here, which is a movie I've seen like two or three times. Ooh. Oh, um, God. I can't watch it. But it's, no. Uh, I, love, I love stuff like this. Because uh, this movie, oh. like, changed things. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of rare the documentary does that. But uh, one Fisher Stevens and Oscar, Benjamin Javeri mm-hmm. from Short Circuit That's now right. has an Oscar. Right. Uh, yep. Thanks to The Cove, a, a really brutal look on the, just the, absolute slaughter of dolphins uh, mm-hmm. uh the, the, not just in japan but like the the nature of uh, even do- a captivity of dolphins is addressed and i mm-hmm. i think just as like we live in a world where the circus doesn't exist i think sea world's days are numbered i feel like this was like really the beginning of the mm-hmm. end when we started talking about sea world being mm-hmm. canceled Bla- blackfish is on the way yep and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm down. Let's hey, let's try not enslaving animals. Maybe that'll be nicer. <laughs> yeah, it's hard though because I think about that a lot. And I mean, I went to SeaWorld growing up mm-hmm. because I lived in Florida and didn't really think about it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways, when I think about aquariums and zoos, and to a much lesser extent, circuses, you know, there is something to be said for exposing children mm-hmm. and people totally. to these wild animals and kids yeah. love animals. It's yeah. Beautiful. And, and that sort of face to face contact with some of these animals, I mm-hmm. could see how it would have a greater impact on conservation efforts mm-hmm. because it's not an imaginary thing that what a giraffe, like if you described mm-hmm. a giraffe to someone who's never seen a giraffe, <laughs> it would sound like you were describing a unicorn like it just doesn't make sense how does it breathe oxygen if it's next that high right unbelievable <laughs> exactly 
So uh, it's bad. It's definitely well, I, I bad. But they, they do. Someone can more articulately draw the distinction between like a humanely run zoo, right? Or if, let's say a flamingo has plenty of room mm-hmm. to move move about and doesn't have to dance for nickels. Mm-hmm. Whereas almost all aquariums, right. these things are used to traveling much further distance or in much smaller spaces are literally smarter and sadder right. from having to do it and Agreed. have to dance for us. Fully agree. Um, so I think, I, I don't know. Cause I love seeing that stuff too. I love mm-hmm. dolphins and whales and, um, and manatees. And we grew up in a, we grew up, mm-hmm. grew up in a place where you can see dolphins in the yeah, wild in real, in real, all the time. I mean, almost every time I go to the beach, mm-hmm. we see dolphins every, wow. my grandparents yep. lived on the bay. They would swim under the dock. Yep. Like Super I friendly. grew up just Too seeing them in the wild. Too friendly. <laughs> Too. Yeah. Exactly. So, but for people who aren't exposed to that, I don't know how else you see them. Yeah. Or and they're worth seeing. Make a connection. Exactly. If you're in California, I'm not always... saying I'm not defending SeaWorld or aquariums. I do think it's an interesting question. No, I've had though. friends who work there who will who will adamantly defend the work that because they're they're proud of how the care they take it of, right. of their animals. Right. But, I don't know if it's altogether necessary or more. Anyway, movies. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I love talking about this Brings stuff. Brings up a lot of issues. I don't regret it at all. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely rather have them at SeaWorld jumping and doing stuff than being rounded up in a cove and slaughtered and there's blood everywhere and it's like the hardest thing to see. It's yeah. one of those images I'll never that'll never leave my brain. A, a bloody yeah. bay mm-hmm. of, of yeah. dolphin and blood like just washing on the shore. Physically sick mm-hmm. just thinking about it. Yep. And, uh, and <gasps> Benjamin Javeri having an Oscar doesn't doesn't help either. Um, it can't soothe everything. Uh, I sell the dead with Don, Don, Dominic Monaghan and uh, Larry Fessender. I've never heard of this movie. Um, I hadn't heard it. Heard of it either. Um, it's it's a small indie horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with Dominic Dominic Monaghan from uh, Lost and the Lord of the Rings movies. Yes. Oh. Uh, pretty much a cameo by Angus Scrim, the creepy dude from. Um, Shoot, what's it called? With the flying balls. Phantasm. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. um, it was cute. It could have been a lot better. It was kind of weak, but it's about um, grave robbers, old-timey grave robbers, where they would, you know, hmm. steal bodies to sell to doctors because they needed them for, like, experiments or for teaching. That and is a great then, premise. Mm-hmm. I'm back. Let's start with that. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, they they get in competition with another gang of grave robbers, so they start branching out into more specific stuff. So basically, supernatural grave robbing. Mm. Like they dig up a vampire mm-hmm. and they take the stake out, and she starts going crazy and attacking people and like zombies. And I, I hate to ruin one of the best gags, but they get into a fight over this box. They don't know what the hell's in the box, and when they pull it out, none of them know what it is, and it's basically like a gray alien. Mm-hmm. Oh. And yeah, they're selling it. It was, it's a cute idea. It could have been executed a little better. It was very, 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 very indie. Yeah. But it was cute. Also, we have Cold Souls, uh, which I didn't get around to seeing, even though I love the cast. Mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti basically as himself, Emily what Watson, David Strathairn. Diana never watches my movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, uh, most of the reviews said it, like it was cute, but it's pretty much just like being John Malkovich. Okay. That it's, it's about a world where you can like extract people's souls and buy them and, and and take them. And so Paul Giamatti like sells his soul because he thinks it'll make it a better actor. And then someone buys it because think, they think it'll make them a better actor. And then he has to like try to track it down and stuff. Mm. Eh. And uh, a movie I actually really want to see. Cause I can't, this is one of the movies. This is going to make me cry and I can't watch. I visited his tomb so many times. Oh. Uh, Hachi, a dog's tale with Richard Gere, Joan Allen and, Carrie, 
Hiroyuki Tagawa. You know that guy the second you see him, too. He is in everything. I love Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. I know the dog, um, and yeah, I don't know. It's based on his. It's based on his story. It's not the same story, but it's so sad. <laughs> so, but just a, a little lesson on Americans from Japan on what's cool to build statues about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, <laughs> this is a really good one that'll yeah. never have any protest. Hey, there's a statue to Balto. <laughs> Where? So. That's true. That's a real dog. Yes. I'm confused. Yeah. I've only seen the straight-to-video oh, sequels. I'm obsessed. Oh. I, we watched a lot of Balto. <laughs> but Hachiko, I, I have tons of. I have a picture with him on my Instagram. Um, it was a dog that would wait for its owner every day at Shibuya oh. Station, otherwise known as the Tekken intersection, the famous the six-way like <laughs> fucking Tokyo intersection that yeah. ton, like hundreds of people walk across every minute. Uh, but right over there, it's a huge tourist attraction. Tons of people getting their picture with it. A dog that would wait every day there for its owner. And then the <laughs> owner died and the dog continued to wait. Yeah, Futurama, I'm on to you. Uh, the dog continued to wait there every day after its death. And everyone in Japan noticed and built a shrine, a little statue to Hachiko uh, or Hachi, we the dog. We don't deserve dogs, y'all. <laughs> he's such a good boy. He's the goodest boy. And he's got his own. It, it's crazy. Like, I've been there. Tw- I've been there. A bunch of times, but like there's a huge crowd around the statue Aww. every time. Aww. Everyone gives a fuck about the goodest boy. We don't deserve dogs and we don't deserve dolphins, the dogs of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> no, dogs of the sea are seals. Mm. Oh, yeah, they suck. They're just, but they're dolphins, just dog mermaids. Dolphins want to help, which I feel like puts them also Sponge in rape. a dog situation. That's true. Because they will defend you against a shark. It's true. Maybe they just don't like yep. sharks. Uh, okay. Uh, perfect getaway. Never heard of this. But oh. look at this cast: Chris, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Kaylee Sanchez. Am I saying that right? Steve Zahn, uh, Marley Shelton, Mila Jovovich, and Timothy Oliphant. A perfect getaway. There is no place more beautiful wow. than Hawaii's Nepali coast. How far are you going? The big trail? You really should see it. Mind if we tag along? Yeah. Are you kidding? Before you die. They found two bodies on the beach. On August 7th. Someone on this trail isn't who they say they are. It could be anybody. <laughs> Long after the story's over. People die out here every year. The twist will keep you talking. <laughs> nope. Haven't heard ever I one person talk about this movie. I fucking love this movie. Oh, really? I yeah. love this movie. This is a perfect summer movie. Is it? Yes. Please go. I 100% recommend this movie. It is fun. It is action-packed. It is gorgeous. Everybody is sexy, even Steve Zahn. Everybody is sexy. (laughs) The scenery is sexy. It is so much fun. I saw this movie. Again, another Sarah solo bolo date. Took myself to see this one during a very hot summer. Sat by myself and was entertained every single minute. I love it. And everyone I recommend it to, they also love it too. It's a very, very fun thriller that is summer in a nutshell, basically. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. It, it is something I should see by my own strict rules, mm-hmm. which is to see every Mila Jovovich movie not directed by her husband. Mm. So she, they eventually <laughs> perform so well, she must leave him. Not necessarily for me. That's a... That's a cool <laughs> consolation, but like as long as she's not making movies with that guy anymore, because God, that guy sucks and makes the worst things, and she's the best thing ever, mm-hmm. and may, may die someday, and I don't want her to make another Resident Evil film. She's great. Everyone's mm-hmm. a great actor in this. They all are doing a great job, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't see that many. We don't see that many fun thrillers like this, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's just set in a great setting and you know mm-hmm. stakes are high there's definitely a twist mm. which is great and very well executed i think 
So I can't recommend it Seemingly enough. Seemingly a murder or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a high recommend. That's, that's a good point. We don't get a lot of thrillers anymore. We mm-hmm. get horror movies. Yep. Or they turn into like st- fucking... Where they, like it's a thriller that turns into a horror movie maybe mm-hmm. or that's where the tension comes from from the horror about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just... I like thrillers. I do too. So they turn into a 13 episode Showtime series which you could have done in 90 minutes. Right. I, I miss thrillers. Thriller. Um, a movie okay. I didn't see I but... might end up watching this. <laughs> I'm guessing someone here did. Yes. Amy yes. Adams, well, Stanley Tucci. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, Jane well, Lynch. I'll talk about that in a second. Chris Messina, Stanley Tucci, Meryl Streep, and Amy Adams in Julie and Julia. Julia Child changed the world with one decision. Why don't I go to cooking school? Oh, you can always put it together. 50 years later, Julie Powell. Do you think I'm lost? Needed a fresh start. What if I cook my way through Julia Child's cookbook and write a blog about it? On August 7th, <laughs> one woman will give another. <laughs> The recipe to change her life. Don't be afraid. No fear, Julia. Meryl Streep, Amy Adams. I have to make a pear tart. Later. Naughty. Julia and Julia. (laughs) I fucking love this movie. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's the most I've ever learned about its premise. I knew Julia Child because that is is the most subdued impression of that woman Mm -hmm. that I've ever seen Mm -hmm. in my life because... Yes, Dan Aykroyd did it, but my mother has done it for sure. All of our moms years. have done it. <laughs> Cut the dickens out of my finger. That's Dan Aykroyd again. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, Julie Child, famed chef. Uh, I, she, you remember my neighborhood, Toulon? There was a mm-hmm. it was a restaurant, and it was just famous for being her favorite restaurant in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So her picture was everywhere, and it was within walking distance from my house. I went there all the time before the health department closed it down. Oh, well mm-hmm. after Julie Child was dead. But famed yep. uh, English chef, and I guess not English, not American. English. Oh, is she? no, she isn't. Yeah, she is. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. She's a red yeah, blooded American. She just got that crazy accent. Yeah, she's a New Englander. Uh, yeah, we uh, a couple notable things. We got this is Nora Ephron's last movie. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is uh, a bummer. I mean, we just talked about when Harry met Sally mm-hmm. that she wrote a couple weeks ago. Um, it's a movie based on a blog. Yes. Which was turned Which into a, a book. Odd. Well, I love this that the premise. Was turned I like, into a book. I like eh, that premise and like now if you would have said I'm going to cook everything in a cookbook and do a podcast about it, that I could understand. <laughs> that makes total sense in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read the book. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the book both both stories or just the woman trying to cook? The book is and the blog both. I mean, it starts out with her just trying to cook through the uh, mm-hmm. recipes of the art of French cooking. And I think when she adapted the blog into the book, she also kind of made it a little bit of a biography of okay. Julia Child as well. Mm. Um, as right. She's going well, along. They also credit uh, Julia Child's autobiography mm-hmm. as as being. A part of the screenplay. Mm-hmm. So this Julie woman, so she she worked in, well, she lived in New York and she worked on something that had to do with like 9-11 recovery? Yeah, she was working basically in a call center for people who were starting to put in claims for being injured in 9-11, like first responders, um, huh. and working mm-hmm. that through the system of trying to get them help. Um, because of all the horrific health problems that the first responders and people who were mm. at Ground Zero were experiencing after that, and she's she's you know kind of aimless and Which congratulations on just getting solved for real this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's kind of aimless and has this really depressing job, and it's you know only very shortly after nine eleven, and she just needs 
some sort of purpose in her life. And so she just randomly decides, and she's a, already a pretty good chef mm-hmm. uh, or a mm. home cook. And so she decides to cook her way through the art of French cooking. And mm. if you've ever looked at that cookbook, there is a lot of great stuff in it, but then there's a lot of complicated things in it. <laughs> and there's also a lot of stuff in there like aspic, how to Ew. make aspic, which if you don't know, is a meat jelly. Oh. Yeah. What do you what do you spread it on? Cheese? Uh, uh, unclear. <laughs> I, I've tried to stay away from that. All right. Um, yeah. Do love my schmaltz. Yeah. And so this right. movie is two movies, basically. It's yeah. it's her, it's the Amy Adams character, Julie, working her way through the cookbook and, you know, with her husband in a tiny New York apartment and all the foibles that come along with trying to cook French cooking in basically a galley kitchen. And then uh, the better story, which is the story of Julia Child and how she became Julia Child and the love story between her and her husband, who is played by Stanley Tucci. Yeah. He is phenomenal. Shout out Tucci gang. I love Stanley Tucci so much. And not yeah. just because he looks just like my husband. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast one day and someone was talking about the sex appeal of Stanley Tucci, which I a thousand percent agree with. And th- <laughs> this girl just went, Stanley Tucci looks like he knows how to fuck. And it's like, <laughs> and I could not agree more. I yeah. find him very attractive. Knows his way around a vagina, that Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when I say I've only seen half this movie, mm-hmm. um, I was like gonna get around to see it. I was curious, like you know, and I was like Julia Child has a really interesting life and is mm-hmm. interesting. And every review I read was p- pretty much like I don't give a shit about Julie. Uh, she's she's a boring millennial with like no real problems. I don't care. But Julia Child is fascinating, and Meryl Streep is perfect. Mm-hmm. So I believe it's on Daily Motion. There is a film called Anne Julia, which is like hour fifteen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's just the Julia Child parts. Oh you my don't God. need the Julie parts. And I watched that, and it was fantastic. Yeah. So, so it's great. So it isn't. But is, does that mean it's not half and half? Then it's mostly a biopic. No, it is. Yeah, it's it's pretty much half. half and half. Okay. Um, I I I hear those criticisms about the Julie part of it, the modern mm-hmm. day part mm-hmm. of it. Um, I don't. I, 100% disagree with them. I do think it's a little unfair. I do think that mm. it is kind of like, oh, look at this whiny millennial who just doesn't know what yeah. she wants to do with her life and blah, blah, blah. And like, she, mm-hmm. I, I think it does give a good window into the malaise and the depression that came from living in New York directly after 9 11 mm-hmm. when everything was a really bad time. It was not mm. a good time. It was. That's sort of a different yeah. movie. It's two movies you're talking it about. It is, now. but. Yeah. It's reflected in the fact that she looks into Julia Child's life. Julia Child, who did not have an easy life and mm-hmm. definitely had her own struggles and heartbreaks, and yet is this was this pillar of strength and persevered through a lot and always had you know a good attitude and kept her chin up and and really um, is a great inspiration to a lot of people. And it shows how Julie, this young woman, is taking the lessons from Julia Child's life and putting them into her own life, into action, and and really using her as an inspiration. And so, like I said, I don't disagree with some... She can get kind of whiny and and like, Mm -hmm. oh, poor me, but... You know what it was also that's a reality for a lot of people. Like, I don't know. You know what it reminded me of when you when you mentioned it like that? Because I didn't know that about Mm -hmm. this movie at all. How nobody remembers the Bill Paxton framing device of Titanic. It is right. thoroughly unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, and because for a four-hour movie, mm-hmm. uh, but and I've seen other movies do that too. 
loving Vincent recently. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I needed the person looking for the information that I'm then seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, I don't know. That's interesting. Sometimes lo- it works and sometimes it doesn't. I, I just love that someone bothered to clip out all of Amy Adams' parts. And put I, it yeah. I, I feel like that's unfair, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm sure she does a yeah. fine performance. She's Amy Adams, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Fuck and I love Christmasina, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, the love story between Julia Child and her husband is so beautiful mm-hmm. and just so... Yeah, it really is sweet. It's she super was, sweet. I mean, she, she was an odd duck i mean yes. pretty much in any time period but mm-hmm. especially like the 50s she's like six foot tall mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a giant she's, she's a giant with with a, a very uh, eccentric voice mm-hmm. and mannerisms mm-hmm. and uh yeah and she's like i think i'll learn french cooking and they're like no that's man's business and she's like no it's not <laughs> excuse me and then coming through i mean she goes to culinary school in france without knowing french that well like and just <laughs> yeah. learns it and then she pairs with two other french women and they write the art of french cooking together and it talks about their struggles with getting it published and is it going to be popular in the United States and who's going to care and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, she really revolutionized uh, how Americans look at food and gourmet mm. food too. And, and again, the San really... Francisco restaurant is a 20 seat dirt Vietnamese restaurant mm-hmm. that she like lent her mm-hmm. visage to. Like, yeah. so <laughs> it's a straight, it's not an obvious choice. As a lover of food, <laughs> the food yeah. pornography in this movie is <laughs> girl. It's so yeah. good. Things frying in butter and, you oh, know, so roasted chickens and, and dollops eclairs. And, and she just, the, the way that she talks about how much she loves food, it's just, it really connected with me. And then mm. you get this also great, it's more than a cameo, but this great role of Jane Lynch as her sister. And so they're two <laughs> giant, unwieldy, like East Coast, funny talking ladies that are just good time Charlies, having a great time. Like, I, I just love it. I, it's just such a wonderful, heartwarming movie. I did, I and everyone ex- does a great job. I did it. not expect this outpouring of support for this film when I saw I it. List. Good, I'm yeah. happy. I've I don't seen know. it a bunch, and it's one of my faves. I, good. I'm glad. I hate things like this going unloved. Because uh, Did this mm-hmm. end up getting Streep an Oscar nomination? Yep. Yeah, yep. I thought so. I mean, of course and it she's is. We're in the period of Meryl Streep plays every single uh, historical person yes. ever, yes. waiting for her to play Julius Caesar. She'll kill it. Mm-hmm. Julia yeah. and Julie and Julius. The sequel. It's not, <laughs> it's the sequel. I can see it. Watch her play a rabbi in Angels in America. It's like you do not know it's her. It's fucking awesome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she could do it. Doing the Iron Lady. I mean, Anything. and this is her and Stanley Tucci. Sorry, a male rabbi. I forgot there were female rabbis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is her and Stanley Tucci pairing up again uh, after The Devil Wears Prada. What? Yay. Okay. They were together in The Devil Wears Prada as well. Not together. He plays uh, her like, protege, basically. I've seen both. And I but they have that. great chemistry. Mm-hmm. I want them together yeah. in every film, basically. Mm. Figure out a way. All right. <laughs> <sighs> I love it. Well, how do you feel about... Uh, I, I don't know. For some reason, like it, this is we- a weird movie for most of my friends it's that have gone super seen. super weird. But I saw it in the theater day one. And, I did too. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joey Deschanel. I'm not sure either of them would get to star in a movie ever again. But uh, 500 Days of Summer. This is a story of boy meets girl. They made a statue of us. The boy, Tom Hansen, grew up believing that he'd never truly be happy until the day he met the one. The girl, Summer Finn, did not share this belief. Rummaging for answers. You should know up front. This is not a love story. I 
think we should stop seeing each other? Just like that? Just like that. Start from the beginning and tell us what happened. Okay. <laughs> You'll never guess what Zoe Deschanel's name is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Autumn. No. Pixie? Uh, no. N- no, it's uh, Twee the female it's, character. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's projection. I don't know. I don't I'd like. I don't. There's there's a quirky Ferris Bueller-y charming nature to how the film is made, but like it's a pretty empty romantic comedy. I am. Well, yeah. yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Take me to task. I don't have much to say about this other than that this is this is what got us literally two Spider-Man movies. The, yeah. the strength of this movie got Mark Webb. This guy should make our next two Spider-Man movies. The ones we forget. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes no fucking sense. I, I know his name it. is Webb. Ha ha, that's cute. But, yeah, but Jesus Christ, you can't you can't give a guy a two hundred million dollar movie based on that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it did. No, it did happen. I, yeah, I mean you're right in that it's based, it's kind of a standard a romantic comedy breakup, growing coming of age type thing. Um, you know, it's got some quirks that I like, and and that. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, his character is not really a good guy. No. Uh, and I like that. But he did that, everything right! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then and that basically, he's, you know, he's whiny and mopey and self-involved mm-hmm. and thinks basically that everything's supposed to go his way. And, you know, it doesn't because that's not how life is. Dude, fucking deal with it. So I like the reality of that. Mm-hmm. But it's, oh, man, it's just so twee. The second, like, he's got a really much younger sister who's, like, wise beyond oh, her years. It's like, I'm starting to check it out, guys. is the worst part of this <laughs> That's movie. That's so fucking twee. I, I hate can't. it so much. She, like, is giving him dating advice. And she's, like, 10 years younger. And, ugh, I hate it. Um, yeah, please. But Don't do that again. Movies. She, and I mean, so I watched the first half of this and I did not have time to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I saw it when it came out. And as I recall, the first half of the movie is basically like kind of told from his point of view mm-hmm. of how like they fell in love and, and then they break up. And then the second half of the movie, as I recall, is him is kind of more the reality of it and him, him mm-hmm. kind of getting a reality check of this wasn't the love story that I thought I, w- that I thought I was in basically mm-hmm. that it shows like more of her issues with him, but it tries hard to address. I think the, the whole manic pixie dream girl, like this girl is going to solve all my problems and mm-hmm. make me fall in love and make my life so much better without really viewing her as like a three dimensional person with her mm-hmm. own motivations yeah. and interests and, and just seeing her as an archetype. And that's, you know, what the main character is guilty of and what I guess he's supposed to have learned at the end not to do. But it's pretty empty. Yeah. Toothless. Yep. Yeah. And also, yep. when I say it tries hard, everyone in this movie is trying <laughs> very hard. It is so sweaty. And I'm saying that both figuratively and literally. Everybody is super sweaty in this movie. It's summer. Their New York. hair is so greasy <laughs> in this movie. Like, everyone's hair. I don't know what's going on. It's very off-putting. But it's got a cute dance number. It does. Yes. Two hollow notes, which that's kind of the best part. But I also have to you say, too. You look that up on YouTube. That's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah. yeah. So, Zoe Deschanel, I, don't, I kind of feel bad for her, honestly, because... I watch Elf every year, and mm-hmm. she's really good in it. And mm-hmm. she's not playing this type, really. She's just mm-hmm. playing like a regular kind of actually sardonic 
down to earth girl. And it then just I, occurred to me she was everywhere, and I do not see her anywhere anymore. Well, she's on the new girl for seven seasons. I know. And was it, it just it, ended like a couple years, like two years ago. Okay. So I mean, that was like what she was doing, and she was kind of playing in the new girl mm-hmm. a version of this, but a a hyper version of of this quirky girl who has all these like things and and she likes bows and and cupcakes and (laughs) tights um and so i feel bad for zoe dash now i think she has more range than what hollywood has kind of put her in and what she's put herself in i guess but i hope i and i i like the new girl i'm actually re-watching it right now because it's a very she's the worst part of it all the other characters are really good Uh, her character is the worst part of it i mean zoe dash now i think is a fine actress but her character is kind of horrible but um i i don't know i hope she goes on to do things with more range because i think she has it she does she's, strike me as someone who might end up writing something cool for herself because yeah. she's i don't know yeah it's funny too like the two big roles mm-hmm. for the Deschanel sisters I mean she plays Jess in the new girl who's like quirky and blah. and then her sister Emily Deschanel <laughs> is the opposite in Bones she plays a yeah. scientist who we'll is have to take on the spectrum basically <laughs> yeah. and like so pragmatic and so down to earth it's kind of weird that they are literally like on two ends of the spectrum you think they have like giant syndication money fights every christmas where they Dude, just pelt each other with they are doing good i'm, I'm happy for them in that sense their dad's just sitting in the middle saying i'm a really well-respected cinematographer who cares about me but yeah 500 days of summer do not recommend fuck i don't want to i don't yeah. Recommend the next movie, movie either. Uh, oh, God, I don't even want to talk about the next movie. Not at all. Um, Done. Can we talk about Iron Giant again? Yeah. <laughs> Was this the second movie? No, this is the first movie. Okay, first movie. It's continuing. 2009 has been the year of the garbage blockbuster. Mm. And I, I keep shouting them out that We Hate Movies has done like so many movies that we've talked about this year and will continue talking about, including, I believe, the number one movie at the box office, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, in which toys <sighs> fight with other toys. <laughs> but just a, a yeah, huge stinker with, uh, Jesus, Channing Tatum, Christopher Eccleston, Sienna Miller, Dennis Quaid, uh, Rachel Nichols, Ray Park, Marlon Wayans, Arnold Vosloo, and hey, JGL hey. added again as I believe Cobra Commander. <laughs> yep. When I'm finished, the world will never forget. Make the call. Round up! Technically, we don't exist. We answer to no one. And when all else fails, we don't. What did you say your unit was called? I didn't. Gee, I don't know. I don't know what I, I'm, I'm the, I think I'm the demographic that should have expected something from this and I still didn't. Uh, dumb fun that reminds me of the silly, stupid fun of G.I. Joe. If you actually want that, there's an episode of Community. It's like the second show I'm bringing <laughs> up on this week. That it's just a delusional head dream where Joel McHale is literally animated inside of G.I. Joe. And that's mm. much better than going to see any of these movies. And the, again, the second time I'll wince at this this week in recording, the Hasbro Cinematic Universe, which is a thing. Dude, they're going to try and do it. Trust me. They're going to cross over Transformers and the Battleship Gang. Uh-huh. With Rihanna? Maybe I doubt. She's I have a feeling everyone fled Damn. from that movie, but uh, they're going to try. They're going to try again. Maybe the Monopoly universe. Whew. 
Sweet Jesus. Mm-hmm. No, I, I tried watching this on a bad movie Sunday, and I seriously, it's another one just like uh, we had only a couple weeks ago with the tra- Transformers uh, Revenge of the Fallen, where it's just like, I, I am zoning out so hard <laughs> because I just don't care. It's just cliche after cliche after cliche. The thing I'll say about this, though, is at least Transformers had better special effects than this. There mm. There is some stuff in here that looks like PS3 cutscenes. <laughs> Damn, you heard it from Diana. Yikes. Yeah, Boom. that's right. Video game references. Uh, <laughs> it looks bad. What bad? Yeah, it's not $175 million worth of money that you're spending. I think the only notable thing I remember involves the sequel because Channing Tatum wasn't a huge star. So in this movie, they kill right. him. Mm. And so they... In, in between the oh, filming no, of the second he, one, they have to figure out a way to resurrect him so he can be in the second film. I mean, I'm sure they oh, still I, had the plastic it, injected mold. They couldn't <laughs> just make another one. I think, I think I think it was worse than that. I think it was like they get him technically for the next one, but he gets killed off right away. Yeah, <laughs> they like kill all the other they kill all the characters and start over. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, everyone's expensive. Yeah, because I, I think don't the Rock and Bruce Willis somehow play a part in this somewhere? I can't. I I yeah. never saw these movies. Uh, no, they, and they it seemingly tried to do everything, but I, all I can think of now is what your your notion of 2009. I think it's the anti 1999. It is. You're right. It is yeah. a fucking bad year for like all the blockbusters are fucking stupid. Mm. It's like that period in the in the 60s where Hollywood doesn't know what to do. This used to work so well. <laughs> Nothing. Mm-hmm. No one's seeing anything. But yeah, garbage, garbage every week. Like expensive garbage that mm-hmm. rises to number one anyway, but none of us talk about mm. with any yeah. reference. Eighty nine yeah. has always been at least interesting. Ninety nine mm-hmm. has been on fucking fire. Mm-hmm. It has just something odd and different, interesting, and we're only halfway through, and we got all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit coming up <laughs> for ninety nine. And the two thousand nine is just yeah, yeah. G force the decade. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch a perfect getaway and let that soothe you. Okay. okay. And okay. Julia, Julia. Okay. And yeah. All right. All right. Okay. These so, are two great movies. That I'm came just out in, this in week. terms of like like uh, zeitgeist penetrating summer blockbusters, mm-hmm. which is something you right. think happens every year. This looks like, dude, where's your shit? Yeah. What's going on? Uh, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Remind you, Six Sense. I think it's the highest grossing movie of the year outside That's of uh, Star Wars. That's nuts. It's a it's a freaking thriller. Again, it's it's a freaking thriller, mm-hmm. and it makes all of the money. Everyone wants to go see it because it's quite good. Mm. <sighs> Moving on to TV and books. <laughs> uh, not a lot to talk about. Both are kind of grim in their own ways, but. Yeah. Um, on the second, both contain the a word that ends with "illionaire." True, <laughs> and, but yeah, on the second of uh, August, Megan wants a millionaire premieres on VH1. Do you remember anything about this? I think no. it sounds real classy. Okay, like, uh, <laughs> so this is part of the VH1 family of reality TV shows where it's just a gross version of The Bachelor. But the main person, Megan, she was a f- the first runner-up on Rock of Love, the Brett Michaels dating show. Those, oh, dear. And so she gets Those her- things may have more spinoffs than All in the Family. Oh, man. It's crazy. <laughs> and I actually watched some Rock of Love with our friends, the Aarons, during this time period. Um, and a, we do like some <laughs> schlock reality television. I didn't end up watching this, and not many people did because it mm-hmm. got canceled shortly after. Mm-hmm. Because one of the contestants was wanted for murder. <laughs> so sorry. I it expected, is really depressing. Actually. I expected rapist. For some reason, murder was a release. Yeah. Like, so wanted this, for murder. So Wait, this. 
So did he know that he was wanted for murder and agreed to go on television? Well, so the timeline, because of the nature of filming reality TV, it was already already it was already it can. yeah filmed and everything. Okay. So uh. shortly after he didn't win, and mm-hmm. shortly afterwards he marries another woman named Jasmine, mm-hmm. and she was found dead. And of what they thought might have been a suicide. And then they started to suspect him. And so then it came out, oh, no, now he's wanted for murder. And he went on the lam. And then they found him in a hotel room who died. He died, apparently, of suicide. Oh, cool. So they just... Okay. Didn't That's show the rest of the show. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... I think the last episode was like the 19th of August and VH1 just scrapped the whole thing. Yeah, like, yeah we're why. done with this. This is gross and icky and no. I can see why. Or at least of of delete every episode until that guy's disappear. Anyway. Accidental just, can you edit him out? Uh, can you digitally replace him with somebody else? Yeah, what do they give him? Like instead of a rose, like a guitar pick or some shit? I, gosh, <laughs> I don't know. A bandana with a wig attached. At least it's a woman who knows what she wants. A millionaire. But it's called Megan wants a millionaire. So are all these men millionaires? I think allegedly it, it came I don't from buy that for a second. A Not comment. liquid, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it came from apparently a clip from the previous reality show she had been in, Rock of Love, where she said she just wanted to be a trophy wife. Mm, me too, uh, sister. Girl. Might not happen for either of us. <laughs> uh, and speaking of billionaires, yeah. the book on the, 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 the second, The Accidental Billionaires, why does that sound familiar? Because it is the basis of the social network. Right, okay. So it's based on. Ah. So it debuts on the New York Times bestseller nonfiction list. Mm. Uh, I just wanted to, I, I like to... We don't get a lot of book news, mm-hmm. um, but whenever something like this notable comes up where I'm like, hey, this is the basis incredibly for notable. this movie. Yeah, that's a big deal. I it's wish all I, about the founding of Facebook. watching that movie. I'm like, I really wish this would have sucked because I didn't want to like deify Facebook any more than we already do. But the movie's really good. <laughs> I mean, you knew it was going to be good yeah. based on that trailer. That trailer's really good. Right? Yeah. A choir singing mm-hmm. creep to me. Um don't want to talk about video games. <laughs> We're almost there. Brave, almost a, Brave a Warrior's Tale is out, as is a licensed tie-in to G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Mm-hmm. So spoil that for yourself with a Gamefly rental, uh, Gamefly.com. Uh, Crystal Defenders, a Final Fantasy game that's also tower defense, because that was a thing that was really popular, but not so much now. And that about wraps up our show. Oh, but you got to stay tuned for the birthday and death quiz. Those are, yeah, th- this this is going to be a very special one. I do want to say that this show is brought to you by almost exclusively by Patreon.com slash LazerTime, where listeners like you with a minimal amount of money can keep everything afloat. Everybody paid all of the servers and stuff up to date and maybe help us enhance stuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. As we're always looking to do that. So, you know, for the price of a cup of coffee, maybe a burger and fries, uh, you can... Maybe eat a little better and then <laughs> help your friends out at the Laser Time Network, which helps 30 2010 uh, this show, and uh, as well as Laser Time, which this week is all about. I, I still don't have a good way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Original overshadowed stars. Okay. Like, it, hmm. bad example being, well, uh, the one people may remember from a few years ago that Oswald was Walt Disney's biggest star until it was taken away from him and then it was Mickey. Mm. Or that Porky Pig said that's all folks forever because he was the star before Bugs came along and then he completely, not 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 completely disappeared, but became like a bystander in his own in his own medium. 
a bunch of examples like that, including some video game characters. It's more interesting than it sounds. Uh, <laughs> that and uh, Video Game Apocalypse, which is always entertaining. Uh, a little look at a, at, a, at a specific video game topic, then a look at the news and new releases from uh, myself, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Parez, and Maddie Allen, uh, and usually a special guest. Uh, Diana, people, where, where can people find you at? And they can find me on Twitter at listenanerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, uh, or follow the show at 302010podcast. That's 302010podcast. Talk about what's coming up. Oh, yeah, and I talked to Sarah this week about her experiencing Once, a time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's right. Because Diana mm-hmm. hadn't seen it yet. Um, I still haven't. Shut up. And, and, uh, I've we, seen it by the time people hear this. Did you say no to that? I tell the story of my mom hurting herself, which happened to be caught on camera, and I shouldn't give that away, that video away to people who are yeah, patrons. I think we need to respect your mother's <laughs> yeah. privacy during a very difficult time in her life. Why? <laughs> She's, he thinks it's funny. I showed uh, it to Diana. Yeah, it's it's yep. rough. It's not it's not as funny as I wanted it to be. Yeah. Oh, my mom really hurt herself there. Great. Yeah. Um, but that's that's one of the Thanks tops. Thanks for ambushing me with that on the show, <laughs> and you can hear my involuntary noise reaction—a sound I've never made. Before I have never in my heard life. you make that sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, what it was, but it was. Yeah, turns shocking. out Sarah has a weird reaction to my mom eating shit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, imagine that. A very nice lady who I've met, who I enjoy her company. If don't that like happened to, to me, she'd make fun of me about that for years in front of good company. Oh, if that happened to you. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me. Be hilarious. Um, uh, anyway, anyway, we got to yeah. get on to the births and deaths. Be careful, moms. Don't trip and fall. My mom's done that a bunch too. I know. That was the end of her, her yep. father. You think she'd be more careful? Jesus. Yeah. Yep. A couple of falls. Like, it's it's like it's CTE to an 80 year old, like, instantly brain gone, instantly hip shattered, instantly no working knees. So, yeah. Walk with a cane can be cool. I'm trying to. I'm trying to explain to her. What if I get you like a talking Mary Poppins thing? Can I somehow get those, her into canes? Get her one of those canes that has a sword in it. We I are, have one. We are trying. I have one at the house. She's, it's got the the head of it is a snake's head. She is she is currently oh. seven, yeah, spent cool. most of the day in the, with the, in the hospital with her. This is the most dad like stance in something I've ever seen her take. Utter refusal, yeah. for assistance and help mm-hmm. of any kind when she clearly needs it. <sighs> and maybe Patreon.com/slash/Laser Time will contribute we'll to buy something her a cane. or a walker yep. with the shiniest tennis balls money can buy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, exosuit. I think we need to go for a robot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. An exosuit. Yeah, one of those power loaders from Aliens. I was going to say, oh, yeah. she'll just be Ripley. Yeah, get away yeah. from her, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who be dead? Who? Be, I know who died this week because I have avoided bad looking for news. Yeah, I was thought about putting this in news, but uh, it's it's our one death of the week, so we can talk about it here. In 2009, we lost John Hughes. He was only 59. Fuck you, sudden heart attacks. Yeah, he, it's, it's not just so tragic that he was only 59. And we did discover um, through a recent Laser Time episode about good DVD commentaries. He has some DVD commentaries out mm-hmm. there. But he is a person I would have liked to heard more of what he had to say about filmmaking and mm-hmm. today and yesterday. Yeah. And he just, he didn't just die suddenly, he didn't just die young and suddenly, he withdrew himself completely from Hollywood. There's a sad documentary. Do you remember what that documentary is called, Di? Did you see it? No. Something like Finding John Hughes. It's a group of fans who like try and track down John Hughes, get to his house, and the movie ends with John Hughes shutting his garage and saying, no, mm. I don't want to talk mm. about my legacy in any way. Wow. And, and slam the door on what we could have known about who was one of the most mm. prominent filmmakers of the 1980s into the 90s. Yeah, Beethoven fans, into the 90s. Um, <laughs> Edmond Dantes, that's him, writing Beethoven. 
uh, and Home Alone and Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller and uh, Weird Science and a shitload of other things. And it, 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 I think it sucks to lose someone that prolific with, I don't know, he shouldn't have been, why did he want to go the Kubrick route? <laughs> what? Hmm. Well, the way he stated it I is. I feel like his, his movies get like, I, it's, I hate to say that his movies get dumber as time goes on, but that is completely true. I, I think he the, becomes like, more of a, a worker in teenagers and, uh, are well, very good. And, mm-hmm. you know, through stuff like Christmas vacation and, and then, then it starts, vacation. the home alone starts creeping in and the curly Sue starts creeping in and Beethoven. And then they're mostly just about uh, Baby's day out. falling down with, <laughs> <laughs> with slide whistles playing over it. Yeah, well, like a like, twenty eighty piece orchestra of slide whistles. Mm-hmm. But I, I think yes, in the in the '90s, he became more of a for hire kind of guy. Curly Sue being the last thing I think he did. He direct that. Um, yeah. And and but yeah, as a director, I think he's a pretty sturdy dude and mm-hmm. and helped define m- m- like mainstream cinema for that decade. And I I hate him not being around to talk about it. I really do. I hate the idea of never having yeah. a podcast a podcast with John Hughes. We missed out on that. It bumps yeah. me out every day. Oh, that could have been really interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know yeah. he no, would have thrown right. so many executives under the bus. Oh, oh, you know Mark yeah. Maron getting in there. Who are you? Who are you guys? <laughs> who are your guys? guys? Anthony Michael Hall, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Back when he had the gap yeah. in his teeth. Yeah, you're right. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't direct a single thing after 1991. Yeah, wow. he just write things and produce. They just we were writing produce flubber. I think he valiantly wrote things he didn't care about to make money. And then he, according to legend, cared about the influence of these movies and this lifestyle on his son, removed himself from Hollywood and didn't work anymore. Or at least worked on worked on for higher garbage that he didn't care about, like Mm -hmm. Beethoven, um, and then Mm -hmm. withdrew altogether and died suddenly. It's a bummer. John Hughes. Jesus, man. It's I don't know what else to say about him, but maybe we can uh, lighten things up a little bit with a little bubble baths. Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding-dong, doodly-doodly-ding-dong-doo. A birthday! Who is alive? Who, who was born during this week of 302010? Okay, for the birthday quiz, uh, I'm afraid that this is not as happy either because it's someone who is no longer with us. Oh, yeah. But he would be 80 this week. Mm. Born August 2nd, 1939. Another great year in film history. 1929? 39. <laughs> he would have been 80. Mm-hmm. Born in Cleveland, Ohio. He got his master's in philosophy and Drew Carey. at Johns Hopkins. Oh. Okay. Sorry. No, he, not would, he would not have been 80. <laughs> and he's alive. All right. Keep going. But he's not alive anymore. Okay. Well, Drew Carey is, is what I'm saying. Oh, Drew Carey is, mm-hmm. yes. Um, but he worked his way up in the film business from a messenger boy to sound editor to a film editor. He worked in an undisclosed role on Deep Throat, probably the editing. Oh, okay. Uh, Joe Dante? Yeah. No, no, he's good alive. Guess, though. He's alive. I just knew he was he's an editor. He's still alive. His favorite movies, he said, were Red River, Night of the Living Dead, and The Virgin Spring. Hmm. Oh, my Bergman nerds just got it. I, I yeah. Not, okay. Nope. No, got nothing. The Virgin Spring has been remade into a movie that you have heard of. Uh, we have talked about a couple of his movies. Um Later this year, we're going to talk about Music of the Heart. And uh, we talked about... Wes Craven? It's Wes Craven! (laughs) Music of the Heart, you thought you'd throw me off with the weirdo Wes Craven movie. Uh, Well, I didn't want to say Shocker or Deadly Friend. His Deadly Friend was hilarious. And Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Serpent in the Rainbow, and Scream. Mm -hmm. And Shocker being a personal Spring was remade as uh, Last House on the Left, his first film. Really? Hmm. That's right. He remade an Ingmar Bergman film. Wow, I didn't know that at all. Into a vicious, 
horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> about a hillbilly rape no one recommends. No one recommend today. Yeah. So wow. yeah, we lost we lost Wes Craven uh, in twenty fifteen. He would be eighty this week. It's and, a bummer, uh, man. He was awesome. Yeah, he was great. Uh, can't say enough great things about Wes Craven. Have a whole show about it on patreon.com slash laser time. And Elm Street Nightmare, we talk about every movie in the um, except for the remake of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, including I think one of the most fascinating horror movies ever made. The only movie I will watch from that experience every year is Wes Craven's new nightmare. Hmm. He plays himself. Hmm. He mm-hmm. resurrects his own character. His own character sort of kills him. It's pretty weird. <laughs> it's pretty weird. It's one of the weirdest horror movies it sequels ever. I think I might try to finally nut up and watch All of Serpent in the Rainbow. Because mm-hmm. I know that's one horror fans really hold in a high regard. And it's, you know, about like voodoo and zombies and shit. And I've mm-hmm. seen parts of it and I'm just such a fucking wuss. Yeah, it's fun, <laughs> I'm man. I'm going to try to do it in honor of Wes, god damn it. Yeah, we lost him too soon. He was still making st- yeah. cool stuff right up until his death. He was still making stuff right to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Ooh. I had no idea he worked on Deep Throat. <laughs> I, I wow. did not either. Not at all. <laughs> well, that about wraps up our show. I got to say this show is executive produced by Nathaniel Kuo and many other fine people on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Be sure to keep your subs going. Uh, we're about to have a changeover in the month that we would really appreciate folks staying aboard in August. Um Hopefully we can do more bonus shows for you on there. It's just been a little difficult with all the other stuff we are doing. Let's what's taking us out this week? Oh, I'm going to be extra special clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to go out with the Hall and Oates because from the oh, dancing from 500 Days of Summer because that's the best part. But then I was looking through the soundtrack and I saw something that jumped out at me, and that's the Smiths. Please, please, can I get what I want? Mm-hmm. Which is also used so well by John Hughes in Ferris Bueller. That's right. So yes. it's tying all together. Yes. Not very well used in 500 Days of Summer. Mm. No. Big plot Not point well. is that, oh, a girl likes the Smiths? What? <laughs> what? Why would that be weird? <laughs> well, I think most women did by default like the Smiths. Well, and then the, oh, I hate this movie. And then the little girl has a line like, just because you found someone who likes the same weirdo interest you have. Yeah, because it's so weird to like the Smiths. <laughs> That's super bizarre, especially in 2009. It's a great song, though. Barf. Even the Dream Academy yeah. version, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Closing out with Please, Please Let Me Get What I Want. Uh, and thank you guys so much for listening. Maybe tell a friend. Try some of our, at Laser Time's other shows. Maybe consider our Patreon. We love you. See you next week. Haven't had a dream in a long time. See, the life I've had can make a good man bad. So, for once in my life, let me get what I want. Lord knows it would be the first time. 